Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, welcome. Hello, sir. Well, I, before we get into it, I want to just mention, I, I have a statement from um, our sponsors over at Progressive Field. Um, Progressive Insurance, I apologize. Uh, as I let you know, I'm getting off social media uh, for the foreseeable future, and i got to do its best to focus on my family and loved ones. I do appreciate all the support. It's time to get right. That's just a message from me. Just kidding. It's a message from our very sensitive quarterback in Cleveland. Yeah, I find it funny that he's him, he and his wife have been such a huge part of social media and all the drama that they that caused this whole season oh yeah and now that the season's over and there's nothing else really to talk about see let's let's go with a little conspiracy here oh i like it you like this let's let's play it it. let's play a little game do you think this is because baker knows the writing on the wall that he's getting dealt absolutely so he wants off social media because people are just going to tag him in all the trade rumors and all that shit excuse me and he knows that this is the end or is, is there something else? I can't think of any other reason why he would get off social conspiracy. media. I have another conspiracy. Yeah, hit me. Well, not just getting off social media. I think I have a conspiracy of what led to this whole rant that he went through on Saturday night while – I mean Sunday night while watching the football games. Mm-hmm. I think Baker was hopped up on a couple pain meds from his surgery he just had. and Could be. A little salty watching good quarterbacks play football. Um, was kind of shocked at what it actually looks like from sitting in a couch or a bed, wherever he's more comfortable he's, with. He's used to watching good football it's from, true, from very his true. couch. So he opens up his phone, his his iPad, whatever, and he starts going through social media. And he starts probably, he probably typed in Baker Mayfield on Twitter just to see what everyone's tweeting about. And then he starts going on a rampage of liking random tweets. Because my, my understanding is, and I, I think he's unlike these now, is that the whole Dustin Fox thing wasn't the only one. I think he went through and started liking random people's comments about Baker Mayfield being traded. Yeah, and the funny thing about the Dustin Fox one is that he went through a lot of hoops to get to that. Because he unblocked Because he had yeah. Dustin Fox blocked yeah. because Dustin Fox doesn't kiss his ass. Right. So that just, again, shows you the thin skin of our uh, an NFL quarterback that can't take criticism from a local media member. <clears throat> and on top of that, you have a guy who, who has this fake image. I'm going to call Baker fake right now. I'm just going to do it. I'm throwing like it out it. there. Sure. Baker is fake. His whole... You know, back against the wall persona. I'm gonna thrive and, and strive and blah blah blah. It's all bullshit. The guy has not been very good. He hasn't been. Why does everybody act like, oh well, when you just when you count Baker out, that's when he has the best game of his life? When did that happen this year? Because everybody kept saying it every time people were counting him out. They're like, well, this weekend he's gonna show him because you know that's just what Baker does. He's never done that in his whole fucking career. I mean, but everyone still pretends that that's like a thing. I'm pretty positive the week that he did have good games. I mean, we'll say he had a good game against Cincy, right? Yeah. And then he had a good game. He had an okay game against Baltimore <clears throat> the week that they won against Baltimore. Okay, not great. He had a good first half because, remember, we almost blew that game because we couldn't true. do anything in the second half. Yes. Um, I, but the thing is, is nobody went into that game going, he's going to have a great game. Everyone just went into that game hoping we just win. Let's just get by. You know, Especially I mean? knowing we were going up against a backup. That was almost one of those like, there's no way they lose this game, right? Right. Because he was coming off a really bad game against the Ravens the two weeks before because we had the bye week. He had a shit game. Our offense, we lost the game because Baker could not move the ball. Mm-hmm. But again, it just goes back to all the people that have consistently said that like he's got this great attitude and you know you put Baker's back against the wall or you, you, you badmouth him. That's when he comes out and shows everybody, proves everyone wrong. 
He doesn't. Well, he's got these these stories are starting to like float around now. They were mentioning it this morning and yesterday too, um, of his locker room presence, some drama, some um, some some people might not like him now, or might not not have liked him the entire year or the couple years he's been here. Um, maybe uh, diva esque in the locker room. Um, it's just funny that these stories are starting to make surface now, like starting to come around, um, and they've been suppressed the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because again. It's almost one of those, just because he's the Cleveland Browns quarterback and we had moderate success, he's been put on this huge pedestal. So nobody wants to talk bad about him. That's right. why That's why you and I, you you just started this year, so welcome to the club of, <laughs> of bashing a, Baker on social it's media. It's a Baker club. It's growing every week, I I've think. been doing it for a couple of years now, and I have been in so many arguments with people. So many people get so mad when you talk bad about Baker. It's like, you, you know, like the one rule for things is like, you never talk bad about somebody's kids. That's like the number one thing. No matter yeah, how mad, it's, it's off the limit. No matter yeah. how, how pissed off you get at somebody, you don't badmouth someone's kids. That's just the unwritten rule. We all get that. People act like Baker is their child when you talk bad about him. People come at you hot. He's the they size of a child. Hot. So I, I, mean, he, he, that's, I, I think that's it. why people get it confused because they see him and they're like, oh, that little guy would look good in some Oshkosh Bagosh clothes. And <laughs> Baby I'd like to take clothes. him up to Build-A-Bear for Christmas. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a little boy. But he's actually a man who just acts like a little boy because that was another thing that really fucking irritated me. And I think it was the 2019 season, the Freddie Kitchens year. Baker was Mr. Fucking Comedy up at, uh, up at the podium after a win. He's he's cracking jokes. He's changing his facial hair. He's having fun. He's oh, the Denver quoting, game was classic. He's quoting Ron Swanson. He's just loving life. And then when we lose, he's a fucking pussy. He goes up there like a prick and he's he's irritable and he's pissed off at the media for asking him tough questions because he had a shitty game. He doesn't crack any jokes, doesn't have any funny one-liners. And that just to me that shows you that he's a fake person. It's it's essentially the the, the tell old tale of uh you could dish it out but you can't take it. That's Baker. He's the first one to celebrate himself. But if he does something shitty and you call it out, yeah. it's fuck you. How dare you? Yeah, I, I think you're right on the first the conspiracy theory you came up with. I think he just knows that his ass is probably getting traded. Or or if his ass is not getting traded, he's for sure not going to get an extension. Um, and I, I think he just sees it's either it's his last year um, in Cleveland or it was his last year in Cleveland last year, in th- this past year. Because there's some the things two. I don't – I'm not positive because I don't – I'm not – there myself yet fingers crossed um but i've heard that uh verified twitter accounts and like celebrities if you will they get uh like i'm sure it could you could set it up for any twitter account but i mean normal people for the most part probably aren't getting a ton of mentions whereas a celebrity is probably getting mentioned in a tweet especially somebody like baker like probably you know 30 five times a, a th- every 30 seconds something sure. like that like non-stop where it kind of scrubs it and- so they can set up their account to where they don't get any notifications unless it's from somebody that they mutually follow or like another verified account something like that i think people can set it up i've heard musicians and stuff like that mention it would make sense like because you know how many times your, your, your phone would, it would be, be annoying you, you essentially couldn't use social media at that point if you right. were a celebrity so i'm wondering if you know that's i a have thing. that problem all the time i never get notifications yeah same thing i always just think twitter's broken and then i'm like nope just nobody's talking to me um <laughs> but but yeah so he went out of his way to find these tweets about him the other day which is just again showing the thin skin showing the things that it takes to be an nfl quarterback like don't get me wrong there are other quarterbacks that i really like who have shown some moments of thin skinness and that would be aaron Rodgers, for instance he was the first one but he does it in like a good way like when that story came out from uh, who was a Boomer Esiason? That bullshit story of if he goes to the Super Bowl, he's gonna he's gonna balk and, and not go and make Jordan Love play to screw over the NFL. Aaron Rodgers saw that and immediately was like, "This is the dumbest fucking story I've ever heard." Like that, I respect. 
even with the COVID, the I'm uh, immunized story that he had, even then he, he took it on the chin and he came out and, and won games and did what he's supposed to do. But he was a little thin-skinned about it, but it was nowhere near the level he's of He's kind Baker, of turning into the villain of the league. Which I love. And it only <laughs> makes me like him more, honestly. He's like turning into that, that, that person that everyone just fucking hates. Speaking of Rodgers, we'll obviously touch on him another episode oh, for pros and cons. Sweet. But one thing that I talk to a lot of people about is how much I want Aaron Rodgers. And everybody just says that he, he would be a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. That is not the case. No. I've been telling people that for a long time. Uh, his the, the out in his contract is after in the 2023 season af, during after the 2022 season so he has another year in his contract to get that out so he will have to be traded to get out of Green Bay and a lot of people when I tell them that I want Aaron Rodgers they right away just go oh we could get him because he's a free agent he's going to opt out he has an option but he does not and I've been telling people this for a long time and people have been arguing with me he does not I've looked up his contract no, I mean it's it's I I, I don't know. I didn't say that right. I'm, no, 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 oh, not okay. you, not, okay. not not you. I was like, wait a minute, I'm trying to go back. No, I think we've both talked about the fact that whatever team wants him is going to have to give up a whole mothership just to get him, because you're going to have to give up first round picks. You're going to have to pay pick take on that salary for the year too, because I mean, it's not going anywhere, and that's a pretty decent salary for him. Um, and then you got to think, do you have anything they're going to want from you other than picks? I guarantee Baker is not a hot commodity right now when it comes to trade pieces. Well, I don't think Green Bay would be interested in Baker. They obviously have Jordan Love, so they're they're okay. They're all set with mediocre to bad quarterbacks. I'm sorry, say that just one more time. Yeah, they would rather have Jordan Love over Baker. <laughs> no question about it. No question about it. Um, but yeah, the other thing too is you know the reason I, I I really looked into it is because I've talked to a few people about it again, and, and some people have said like, oh well, Aaron Rodgers can opt out, but he can't. Um, Another thing that people have said is, well, if you get Aaron Rodgers, you want to get Devontae Adams also. That would be amazing. What a great offseason. We can afford it. Would be great. However, Devontae Adams is a restricted free agent, which means he has to be, uh, he could be franchise tagged. So my guess is Green Bay is not going to just let him walk away for free. No. They're going to tag and trade to anybody that wants him. So if the Browns want Rodgers and Devontae Adams, Honestly, you're going to have to give up like a Herschel Walker size package. Your entire draft is gone for this year and probably next. Yeah. And, and is that I, worth it for two players? No. Me personally? No. I would trade a lot for Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in football. His chemistry with Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Is he only the best receiver in football because of the quarterback? No, I think Devontae Adams. You think is, so? I think okay. he's just that good. He, I mean, he, I, mean I, I know he's good. I'm just wondering. I mean, is he, he doesn't that drop good the on ball? A he can team. run routes. I mean, he's just, he, he gets open all Sounds the time. Sounds like Odell Beckham. It's crazy. Yeah. Except oh, he had a better quarterback, so he's actually able to get him the ball. <laughs> That's the only difference. I honestly think uh, Denver makes sense in something like that, where they might be able to get both. I don't think they'd be interested in both because DA. they just drafted Jerry Judy last year. Right. Um, they got Sutton, I know. They have Sutton, who, if I'm not mistaken, Sutton might be entering the last year of his contract, I think. Uh or he might have already. I don't remember where what it, where his contract is. He might be coming up on his fifth year option right now. Um, but either way, yeah. So they have some young talent. They have Noah Fant at, at, at tight end. I really they have Tim Patrick at wide receiver. I really don't think they have room for Devontae Adams. I don't think they would spend right. the money to get him. I think the favorites right now to, to get Rodgers is. Um, I think we're fifth on that favorites list. I just read an article the other day. I think Pittsburgh's number one or number two. I think Green Bay number one. Pittsburgh number two. I think Denver's number three. Uh, I don't know how this got worked into, but Miami was up there too. It, uh, it's weird. That would be interesting. I, I couldn't really see that. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but the, the Denver or Pittsburgh make the most sense if you're Aaron Rodgers because Pittsburgh surprisingly made the playoffs, and they sucked last year, but they sucked because their quarterback was terrible. So 
you throw in a much, much, much better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden that team's kind of scary. I hate and to say it. They've been they've been flirting with each other all year. Like yeah, Rodgers and Tomlin, Tomlin. and Rodgers are, are I think close. they send each other like selfies of themselves. And, yeah, and they I, wish each other a happy Valentine's Day. It's kind of weird their relationship. Little, <laughs> little smoochy kisses. Yeah, that's the only holiday face. that they they say uh, greetings to each other about is Valentine's Day. It's very strange. <laughs> it's a very very weird dynamic. Um, but yeah, we'll get into Rodgers another time, another episode. But speaking of Aaron Rodgers, yeah, what a weekend. What a weekend. What a shitty game. Obviously, that was the game two on Saturday. but uh, Probably the best football I've ever seen. Really, this weekend was. It was fantastic. I mean, every game came down to the wire. It was nail-biting. Uh, whether you're a fan of the teams or not, which I am not, any of those teams, still am not. We'll get on that. We'll yeah. touch on that later. Um, but you're a fan of football, and you can but enjoy yeah, I good, love football. good football games. Yeah. I hate seeing the teams that I picked lose. Sure. Because that happened twice on Saturday. That other was a bummer. Other than that, I could care less who won. You know, other to than an extent, I do. I go into games with specific rooting interest for the most part, especially in the playoffs. Okay. So Saturday, for instance, I of course went for Tennessee. I hate Cincinnati. They are a rival of the Browns. Joe Burrow is turning into a MVP candidate type player, and the fact that he's in the North and he's only in his second season, he's already this good, already winning playoff games, pisses me off. That dude took a beating. I don't like seeing other people have success because I'm a Browns fan, especially not the Bengals. The Bengals, people have said it all week. It is what it is. I'm not going to harp on it too much, but basically the Bengals are where everyone thought the Browns would be. You have your number one pick quarterback. You have a couple years under your belt together. You're a playoff team now. Now they're moving. They're in the AFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, I mean we can get to it in a little bit, but it's just, it's just frustrating to see teams that you know you could be better than. You know, Cincinnati. I'll even put Buffalo up there. Buffalo's good, but I, I think the Browns, with a solid quarterback, can compete with Buffalo, Kansas City. All these teams that are representing the AFC right now, with a decent quarterback and ke- decent quarterback play, the Browns can beat these guys. And that, that probably was the most sticking thing in my head the entire weekend, was going, why not us? Why are we not in this position right now? Yeah, uh, we'll get we'll get to the Buffalo thing in a little bit, and I'll, I'll we can compare the Browns to Buffalo and stuff like that. Because don't don't get me wrong, Buffalo is by no means a perfect team; they have plenty of flaws. Um, realistically, Tennessee and Cincinnati should be extremely beatable for the Cleveland Browns. Those are two teams that we would match up well we against. We did beat one of those guys twice this year. Yeah, Cincinnati, the Browns did beat twice. Uh, first one with Joe Burrow, second one without. Um, but their defense is <clears throat> stepping up big time. No, I like the sound of a cracking beer can. I really do. Okay, well, I usually for my po- other podcast, I crack it right inside are. of it, right in front of the mic. Um, but yeah, so Cincinnati and Tennessee, the Browns beat Cincinnati twice. Cincinnati's defense was not expected to be this good, but they're playing. Oh, the last couple weeks, it's, is crazy. it's almost like did Cincinnati's defense play that great on Saturday, or did Ryan Tannehill just shit the bed? Can we talk about not just Ryan Tannehill? What was going on with Derrick Henry? Because he could not get his himself moving. I think it's. NF being NFL ready, in but you, terms you saw of, that right. You noticed that yeah, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Just to make sure I wasn't seeing things. I think it's because he's been off for for months. I think just getting yourself he just back seems up to so sluggish, getting getting professional football stamina and being on that level. I don't think is as easy as just getting off the IR and coming back. I think it truly was. He would have needed that. They the worst thing to happen for them, which I thought would be the best thing, was getting that bye week. It's almost True. as if they had a, a, a maybe they would have gone up against Pittsburgh or something like that in round one. Kansas City has the one seed. 
they could have probably beaten Pittsburgh pretty easily, and that would have been Derrick Henry's kind of welcome back. Warming up type yeah, thing. Like, a, like essentially, hate to say it, it's the playoffs, but a preseason game. Right. It would be him getting himself situated again back to the NFL. And then week two, that's when he's a little more acquainted and, and ready to go. But unfortunately, it happened in his very first game back from injury was yeah. a playoff game and a meaningful one and, and, and he si- did not have since it. he stepped up and like since you said defense played great i don't know the answer to that question if it if it was the offensive tennessee or the defense of cincy i mean we're going to find out this weekend but sure I, I i do truly believe that they played better than people expected them to play because even a few weeks ago when cincinnati played kansas city on that that good sunday game that ended the brown season cincinnati's defense or uh, uh yeah cincinnati's defense wasn't that great it's just their offense was able to keep scoring. They kept up with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Their defense wasn't really stopping anything. Right. And on Saturday, they were able to shut down Tennessee. I mean, Ryan Tannehill made some terrible throws, really bad decisions. Derrick Henry couldn't get going. So, unfortunately, it just kind of shows you that with without Derrick Henry, that Tennessee offense really can't move. I know they were able to win games and still got the one seed with Devontae, uh, Deontay Foreman. Yeah. But Tannehill in the playoffs, shit the bed. There's... A lot of speculation that Tennessee might be looking for an upgraded quarterback, which rightfully so, they should. I mean, this is two years in a row. They've gone to the playoffs with Vrabel, three actually. I think they've been a few more times. And really nothing's come from it. This year you get the one seed, you get that bye week, and then you get bounced first round. That's just inexcusable. I mean, that's crazy that both one seeds get bounced first round. Yeah, first time since 2010 that that happened in the NFL. That I that, that game with San Francisco and in Green Bay to me it wasn't Green San Francisco San Francisco winning it was Green Bay just beating themselves. Absolutely, I mean they lost because of a blocked field goal and a blocked punt. I'm That's not gonna it. lie, I was watching that game the the blocked punt. I was in the shower. I have like I have like a mount in my my shower. I can put it up in a thing and watch like live TV on my phone. Right. So I had it on there. And um, as soon as that punt, that block punt happened, I like freaked out in the shower. My wife thinks that I like slipped or something in the shower because it's been known to happen. But yeah, um, <laughs> I've heard about that. <laughs> um, but she's like, oh, my God, are you OK? I'm like, oh, my God, let's watch. This is crazy. This game is insane right now. Yeah. So I was at the bar for those games and the uh, the, the blocked punt happened like almost right when we were leaving the bar. Yeah. So I, I came straight home and the bar was only two minutes away. So I came right home. A little solid gold action. Uh, actually, I went to Post and Beam, which is a little further down the road, oh, okay. but not too far. But, uh, but yeah, so I come home, and I want to watch the end of the game, and I'm thinking, okay, tie game, Aaron Rodgers is going to win this thing. Right. Easy. It's home. It's San Francisco. San Francisco's offense hasn't been able to do much all day. Still couldn't. Their offense didn't move, but all it takes is just, I mean, the special teams plays. It's amazing to think about that, that a blocked field goal and a blocked punt will cost Aaron Rodgers and the Packers their season. Yeah. But... Shame on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers for not moving the ball either. San Francisco's defense is good, but it's not that great to where they should only be held to, what was it, 13, 10 points? Yeah, it? yeah, it was 10 points. It was yeah, 13, 13 to 10. 10 was the final. Yeah. I, I can't believe the amount. They didn't move the ball at all. I mean, no, no, they scored on their opening drive, and that was the only touchdown they had. Yeah. And then a blocked field goal and a made field goal. And so, yeah, I mean, San Francisco's defense is good. I mean, right. that's no, no lie. But I mean, to shut Rodgers down completely like that. And yeah, of course, the weather had something kind of to do with yeah, it. Yeah, the snow picked up in the second half tremendously. But this is also your home court, yeah, basically. You're, you're, playing, and you're playing a team from the West Coast. Exactly. You should dominate. You should it. know what to do in these elements, and you should be used to these elements, but you didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, it was honestly, it was kind of embarrassing for the Packers in my opinion oh the, my god we're watching the Milwaukee's Bucks Milwaukee Bucks take on the Cavaliers right now and the Milwaukee Bucks are just not missing threes Cavs are still in it it's 29 to 20 but I feel like fuck. that basketball rim that hole is just bigger 
Yeah, like everything they shoot hasn't touched the, the rim. It's just oh, swoosh every don't get time. Hit, don't get hurt, Garland. Please, thank you. Um, but yeah, honestly, it was just a, really an embarrassing day for the Packers. I mean, I think what a rough way to potentially end Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay is to go out because of a blocked punt, because of a, a, a blocked field goal, and then on the final play, Matt LaFleur, special teams, they only had 10 players on the field. Not that an 11th really would have mattered, but it's right. still embarrassing when it's your the last play of your season – Three seconds left, whatever. You didn't ice him because I think they had a timeout left. They didn't use it, and they didn't even have enough people on the field. So the two things after that game that I, the first two questions came to mind. Well, the one question, and then it was kind of backed up by the comments of Aaron Rodgers when he came out and flat out said, I want no part of a rebuild team. And then it, to me it's like, okay, is that him saying he's done in Green Bay? And do, does them losing in the first round the way they did kind of solidify his way out the door? What, what do you think? It's a tough situation. Uh, two things about that. One is uh, he did he did poke a little jab at Brett Favre, which I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if you caught that. No, I didn't see. I didn't so they asked part. him about he was doing his his show and he he talked about his situation for the offseason. He said, "One thing I'm not going to do is retire for a year and then come back and play somewhere else." He's like, "That just doesn't make any sense to me. I wouldn't do oh, that." I didn't hear that. Part. Yeah, he he made sure to say that. He didn't name names, but that don't was one thousand percent about Brett Favre. Bash the great Brett Favre. So he uh. He, he said all that, which is really funny. And then the other thing, too, is saying he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. It is a tough situation because he, he also said that he has a great relationship with the front office now, that they have mended their, their issues. But by saying he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, it's tough for Green Bay because their salary cap situation is pretty bad. Yeah, that team is kind of screwed. They don't really have a lot of money to keep everybody. So that's the problem. They're going to have to make some tough cuts or – some salary dumps, and that's huge. The only thing that they could really do realistically if they want to keep Aaron Rodgers, and this is going to sound crazy, they probably are going to have to trade Jordan Love. I don't know what you could really get for him, but if you trade him and acquire draft picks, use those draft picks to build the team for the next couple of years keeping Rodgers, those rookie contracts would help tremendously for keeping that that core intact, but you have to get rid of that quarterback. I don't think they're willing to do it. <laughs> Which is crazy because I don't think Jordan Love is that good. I don't think he's enough to 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 say we'd rather go with him over Aaron Rodgers. But it's a really tough situation for Green Bay because they might just have to say fuck it, trade Rodgers for a ton of picks, trade Adams for a ton of picks, go with Jordan Love, hope for the best. But you can rebuild your team through those draft you know, picks. And Jordan Love's only in a, going into his year three. Could you so, imagine the stock they could get for both just, you know? Oh, they'd be, I mean, they would dominate the draft for the absolutely. Next couple of years. But so here's the thing that I was trying, so correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it an agreement going into this season that Rodgers said, all right, we have an agreement that at the end of the season, I'm done in Green Bay, that that they're going to make it so that I can get out of here, trade me, whatever. It's agreed upon. That's why I came back, and that's why I'm playing now. Wasn't that something, wasn't that a story? Did I mis, misinterpret that? So, no, what it was was, my understanding of it is that they basically agreed that if he still wanted out, they would make it to where he could be traded at the end of this season. Okay. They were not going to tell him no. So they're opening the door. They were opening the door for him if he wanted to go. But it's just up to him to pull the trigger, which he did say in his press conference or in his show or whatever, that he was going to... Was it his Pat McAfee show? It was. It was his Tuesday they're night with Pat. They're going to dub it the Pat and Aaron show. So he, he just basically said that he's going he's gonna to make it quick. He's going to talk to them. And he said whatever he decides, it's not gonna, he's not going to draw it out. He wants to do it with enough respect for Devontae Adams to get his future figured out. Right. Because... Because like, I feel like his future's tied to... 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Aaron Rodgers even, he was flat out blunt about it. And he said that Devontae Adams does not want to be franchise tagged. He, he will not be happy to be franchise tagged. But that might be the Packers' only option because they can't afford to give him a huge deal. So they might have to tag him if they plan on keeping him and Rodgers. But Devontae Adams might not be too happy. So that's where you could possibly trade Jordan Love. Right. You're not losing a ton of money for Jordan Love because he's still on his rookie contract. But getting those draft picks just means you can keep building the team. However, it is a weird situation because it does sound like Aaron Rodgers wants out. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, that's what the interview sounded like. That's his it just his entire body language. It seems like he's just whatever. It's, I'm done. You know, I don't want to be part of a rebuild, you, you know, and just get me out of here somewhere else. He wants to go somewhere where he can get another Super Bowl trophy in the next two to three years. And yeah, he, then he, he can wants retire. to do what Tom Brady just did last year and just I want to go to a team that's ready to win except for the quarterback, which to me would be I would say Denver more than Pittsburgh personally. Yeah, Denver has a legit Denver team. has a, a better I think they have a better skill team, uh skill set a set of skill players. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Um probably because I'm watching the Cavs and they're rubbing off on me and making me oh shitty. Oh my god, here it goes. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so I think Denver has a better set of skill players and I think that their defense is a little more it's youthful and I think they just I don't know, something about the Denver Broncos just seems like they could they could really put it together. Pittsburgh of course, you have you have uh TJ Watt the Defensive Player of the Year. You have Claypool, Juju possibly wanting to return. You never know with him. Um, Deontay George, uh, Johnson. They have an okay team. Pat Freyermuth, but I don't know. I would just I would probably go with Denver if I was Aaron Rodgers. That's also just me not wanting him to go to Pittsburgh. So so let's uh, two two things. Let's let's take a quick trip down south to Tampa Bay. Talking about retirement, do you think Brady's done? I don't know. So in that game, obviously, for those of you that saw it, he led a tremendous comeback. 27-3, to they were down going into halftime. That was a heck of a game. And next thing you know, it's 27-27 with less than two minutes to go. So Tom Brady, obviously, never count him out, never count the Bucks out. But now are you ready to count him out? Because after the loss, of course, for those of you that didn't see it, Cooper Cup said, fuck you, Tom Brady, I'm dominating this game, and he took it over single-handedly. Matt Stafford and, and Cooper Cup just fucking... Pulled the uh, the wool over Tom Brady and 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 took him to the behind the shed and did their did their duty to the goat. <laughs> he just took him, put him out of his misery. But it was it was a weird thing after the game. He did say years ago or, or before last year, he said that he was going to play another season. He said 2022 would be the year that he kind of thinks about what to do after the 2022 season. And we're not there yet. And now he's already saying. I want to do what's best for my family. I want to make sure that I'm there for my wife. My wife doesn't like seeing me get hit. My kids deserve to have their dad fully intact without, you know, lifelong injuries, stuff like that. So it does kind of sound like he wants to retire. I don't know if you saw what Gronk said. They asked him about his future, and he said if he were to make a decision today, if they forced him to make a decision, he would retire. Interesting. That's what Gronk said that today. So, I mean, his future 100% relies with... Um, oh no question. If Tom Brady goes, Gronk and, is done. And you know Gronk is not afraid to retire. No, not at all. He um, he went full Brett Favre before. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, so in that case, if they leave, does Tampa Bay look like a, a, a location that Rodgers might want to go to? Because that team is kind of set, ready to go. No, uh, it, that's tough. I mean, that really depends on Aaron Rodgers' ego. Because you're basically, do you want to go in Tom Brady's footsteps or shadow? Do you would would you want to do that? But you want a team that's going to win a Super Bowl, though. And here's the other, my other, and this is why I was leading with this. So my other thought process is, does Aaron really want to jump into an AFC that has 
so much talent now at quarterback in youthful. these teams. Youthful. Youth, yeah, but I'm saying so much youthful talent and very good teams that are going to be fighting at the end of the year. Do you really want to go up against that, or do you want to maybe take kind of like a, a sidestep and get back in the NFC, not on Green Bay, to a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl, and that opening possibly being Tampa Bay? I mean, yeah, he's spent most of his career beating up Matt Stafford, beating up Jay Cutler, and beating up Teddy Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins, right. guys like that. Do you really want to go to the AFC West and the Broncos and take on uh, Patrick Mahomes, right. Justin Herbert, possibly Derek Carr? Right. Or if he goes to Tampa Bay, which would be you know, something to consider, you have the quarterbackless New Orleans Saints, Correct. also coachless, yep. in salary cap hell, so they're going to be in a complete rebuild. You have the Carolina Panthers, who currently don't really have a quarterback either. I mean, right. I've, let's, let's let's just call that what it is. And an aging, possibly relocating Matt Ryan right. in Atlanta. So the South is wide open. However, the NFC is still a little tough. You have the Rams, who are a really sure. good team. Um, you have, who knows what the Niners are going to be now with, uh, what's his face? Trey Lance is officially going to be their quarterback next year. It's so weird that they've... Already said they're moving on from Jimmy G, and they still have a fucking NFC Championship game to play on Sunday. I hope they win a Super Bowl this year, and he says, That's fuck you, I'm crazy. taking it with me. Well, he is going. I mean, did you hear what uh, Shanahan said? No, I didn't see his... Oh, Shanahan was very blunt, and he just said, like, we, we, we've, all, we've all been adults about this, and we, we, know, we understand what's happening next year, and we're just in it to win right now. That's what we're doing. We're focused on right now. Interesting. He was very blunt. I mean, I kind of like that. I respect it. Yeah, I don't um, hang him out there. But then you have Kyler Murray, another guy in the NFC who's an up-and-coming yeah, young player. Sure. He he reminds me of, he's a poor man's Russell Wilson. Right. Starts off 8-0, front runner for MVP, and then falls off the face of the earth in multiple seasons for Kyler Murray as well. So, yeah, it definitely going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on with Aaron Rodgers if he even chooses to go. Maybe the, the whole thing right now is he's been talking to the Packers about figure out the salary cap situation and let's run it again. Because I really just think with the camaraderie that he has with the team, his best chance for Super Bowl would be staying in Green Bay, yeah. in my opinion, If depending on what they can keep. Because, like I said, their salary cap issue is fucked up. But And maybe with him staying one more year, he can convince uh, DA to maybe take a, a a franchise tag for one more year. Yeah. And then next year be gone. Right. Whatever. And I think I think Devontae Adams would do that to stay with Rodgers if, if Rodgers stayed. If, if they tag Devontae Adams and Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams is going to be pissed, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, would, would Rogers be willing to come to the AFC North and play for Pittsburgh where you have to go up against Joe Burrow, up and coming player, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, plateaued player. I kind of think sure. in my opinion, I don't know if he's going to get any better. I think his, I think his greatest years are behind him in my opinion. And then, you know, hopefully against Deshaun Watson would be great. <laughs> <laughs> do you really, really want to come to the AFC North to face that? So that was uh, just my thought process. Like, you know, I mean, he has to look at the AFC and go, that path is not easy. Yeah, no, it's like the, it's like the LeBron thing back in the day where everyone used to shit on him and say that he can't get through the West. That's why he stays in the East. He can dominate the shitty East. Then he goes to the West and wins a championship. So he was able to get through it. Um, but is Aaron Rodgers up for that challenge? And again, just at, at his age, are you... Tom Brady did it, I understand. Peyton Manning did it, but Peyton Manning stayed in the same conference, yeah. at least. But switching teams at that that stage of life, is it, it it's easier said than done. And I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. Don't get me wrong. I want Aaron Rodgers on the Browns, but I also kind of realize that he's not a good fit for our, our scheme. Right. Um, 
but maybe at his age, that's what he wants. He doesn't want to throw the ball a thousand times. He wants that dominant run game where he doesn't have to be the dependable one, or he wants to keep playing at an MVP level and just dominate. So it's going to be an interesting guy. He's 100% the number one thing I'm, I'm focused on this offseason. I just thought about the whole scenario on my way over here because I'm thinking, you know, with Brady retires or opens his slot, he can slide over. You know, if he really wants to leave Green Bay, so I'd many have possibilities. Look, since we didn't get a chance to freshen up on it, I, I'd have to look at an, even the Buccaneers situation because they, they paid everybody after they won the championship. They right. paid everybody on that team. So I'd have to see what their salary cap situation is because getting – Getting Aaron Rodgers again, you'd have to trade for him. So is Tampa Bay willing to give up a bunch of draft picks? Are they willing to pay? I'd have to look at the contracts even. I know Tom Brady's always been uh, a team player. So I don't know what his, his salary situation is compared to Rodgers because I know Brady's always taken a discount to help the team. I don't think Rodgers would do that. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Like I said, Rodgers is, of course, my favorite player in the NFL probably. So seeing what he can do or what he's going to do is intriguing because I want him in Cleveland, don't want him in Pittsburgh, and those are two realistic options of places he could go. So it's going to be interesting. I'm excited. It looks like the cap space for Tampa Bay is $14 million. Okay. So that's obviously not enough to keep Rodgers because Rodgers' contract is like 30-something million. It says Green Bay at negative 45, like they're really in a hole. Yeah, yeah, they're fucked. Their their salary cap is they're gone. second. They're they're second worst, only above the Saints. The Saints, which are yeah. seven, negative seventy one. That's another thing too. I we'll, we'll talk about that another time because obviously we have a lot of time in the off season. But uh, let's just say hypothetically here, we'll just break this playoff talk up for a second. Okay. Let's say the Browns get. I, again, I know it's not the sexy pick. We'll go over this guy in a few weeks. We'll talk about him, Kirk Cousins. It's becoming a very favorite pick lately, though. So Quessy, whatever the fuck. Was officially hired by the Vikings That's today. It's a good last name, whatever. Yeah, the fuck. it's pretty cool. He got made fun of a lot in school and sent to the principal's office. But <laughs> he uh, he was officially signed by the Vikings today, or hired, I should say, to be their GM. With that promotion coming away from our team, the Browns will now get two third round picks, compensatory picks from the NFL, and they will be one this year, one next year, third round picks that are tradable. The NFL has changed that to make uh, compensatory picks tradable. They used to not be. So we have a lot of ammo to go after a quarterback, whether that's going up for for Watson, for Rodgers, for Cousins, etc. Cousins is the one that realistically with that extra third-round pick, you could probably give both your third-round picks and you're getting Kirk Cousins. Now let's say we get him. Do you then go after Michael Thomas? Because the New Orleans Saints have to dump some salary this offseason. So you could realistically get I think we have Thomas while this, you like, could realistically get Michael Thomas, I think, this year. I mean, other a players very too. well rested Michael Thomas. By our, the way, our defense is is great, but you could add uh, Marshawn Lattimore in that secondary. Maybe add Cam so Jordan. You're saying just pick the bones of, Saint, of, of they, the Saints. You see their you see their yeah, uh, yeah, salary that's horrible. cap with Sean Payton leaving. Did these older players want to stay there for a rebuild? Because I don't think it's going to be the same without Sean Payton. Um, so again, I mean, obviously, I'm not. Could you imagine? I'm not crazy. I don't think we're going to get all three of them. No, as nice but a as it Kirk would be, Cousins, but... Michael Thomas connection, right? I mean, yeah, he has. And he then on an defense, I mean, this is me really wishful thinking. Can I imagine Cam Jordan opposite Miles Garrett? Oh, he's one of the best defensive ends in football. Cam Jordan is. I mean, they have great players all around. The I mean, New you Orleans have State's to assume that our, our front office is, is considering all this. Right oh, a hundred percent. Analytically driven, they are looking at all the options. They're exploring. They understand that you know. The Saints have their balls in a blender, basically. They're they're fucked. They have to get rid of these guys, and everyone knows it. 
So it's really just a bidding war for people. So are the Browns willing to outbid other teams for players? Um, some of these players maybe have a say in where they're going to go because they're veterans, they're respected. You know, maybe the Saints are going to do them a solid and say, hey, we're, we're, we were offered an extra pick for this team, but they suck, so we'll trade you to this team so you can compete. You know, good luck right. with your life. Or maybe the Saints just say, fuck it, we're going to rebuild, give whoever, highest bidder. That's it. If the fucking the Jaguars offer the most picks for Michael Thomas or whoever, they'll say, fuck it, go to Jacksonville and die. Right. We don't care. That would be so interesting. I, I completely forgot. I mean, I we talked about Michael Thomas, but I just forgot about how we're gonna, that team could be cleared out. But yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean... I mean, don't get me wrong. Kamara, I don't think goes anywhere. He's still young. He's he's a he, he'll sell tickets in in uh, New Orleans. You think that's why Sean Payton stepped away too, knowing what was coming? No. So Sean Payton stepped away because he wants to take a year off to get his TV feet wet. He's going to deny all these things, but the hot rumor is that he's stepping away for a year. He's going to do TV to just get himself started and to stay away from coaching. And Mike McCarthy's going to be fired next season, and Sean Payton's taking over the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting. So he's is the writing on the wall is what he sees. That's the I heard that story before Sean Payton even officially stepped away. That there were reports that came out that said Sean Payton's going to leave the Saints, go and uh, go on TV, just like Drew Brees. But then he's going to come back after one year and coach the the Dallas Cowboys next season. Interesting. And that's a that's a rumor that I heard literally weeks ago. Well, so far, step one has happened, and it's it's looking just like it. Um, back to the playoffs. The game of the year, possibly. One of the greatest games of all time, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills. That playoff game was a fucking doozy. Mm-hmm. I needed a shower and a cigarette afterwards. I felt I lost my breath a couple times. I'm not even a fan of either of these teams, but goddamn, was that a good game? So crazy the back and forth, like just heavyweights, just going back and forth. I mean, poor defenses couldn't do shit, but I mean. Just the way they moved the ball down the field, the throws they made. Josh Allen just doesn't give 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 up. I mean, that dude wanted to get a first down. He ran for ten yards and got a first down. That I mean, you can just see how much each of them wanted that game. You know what I mean? And that was just fun to watch as a football fan. That was fun to watch. One hundred percent. I was telling Kyle before we started uh, last week. I mentioned on the show that I was going to be at a concert for that game. So initially, I thought I just you know hopefully they have TVs at the because it's at a bar. It wasn't like at a you know House of Blues or something. So I'm thinking, hopefully they'll have a couple TVs with the game on. I can sneak off and check the score every once in a while. They did not. <laughs> they had TVs, but they had them turned off. I'm assuming, you know, you don't leave music or uh, uh, something on the TV during a concert. Makes sense. So I'm watching on my phone, and no bullshit, there were like five guys huddled around me, and they're like, hey, man, I'm sorry, you, you don't mind if I'm watching? I'm like, I don't care. Enjoy. I just <laughs> hold my phone up, like, watch the game with me. So I watched the entire thing. It was fucking incredible because... You'd see in the final two minutes, all right, Buffalo scores. I'm like, holy shit, Buffalo's going to win this game. And then I'm like, nah, there's a lot of time for Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes drives him down, scores. I'm like, all right, that should do it. Kansas City will step up. Buffalo's going to have a Buffalo moment, heartbreak or whatever. And then when Josh Allen threw that fucking touchdown with 13 seconds to go. Dude, was wide the fuck open, too. And that's the other thing, too, is uh, I heard there was a question on the radio today that I heard, and I wanted to ask you. Somebody said, who actually had the better game, Mahomes or Allen? Which quarterback was more impressive on Sunday? And one of the guys said Patrick Mahomes because that that's just what he does. Like Patrick Mahomes is just great. He goes out there and does whatever he has to do and wins games. The other guy said Josh Allen because he kept up with Patrick Mahomes. My thing though, and this is me just being nitpicky, this is what I do. I analyze everything. 
the Kansas City Chiefs let Gabriel Davis score four touchdowns. It's not like Josh Allen was out there throwing four touchdowns and one to Dawson Knox, one to Stephon Diggs. Right. Stephon Diggs got shut down. I don't know if you saw a stat line. He got shut the fuck he had down no, that game. He had nothing going on that game. He caught a two-point conversion. That was like his biggest contribution in the game. But So I look at that and I go, okay, we have Mahomes who spread the ball all over, did what Mahomes does. Right. But one of the guys nitpicked that and said, well, he only threw like a 15-yard slant to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill did all the work for that touchdown at the end of the game. And I look at that and I go, that is, that one's being a little nitpicky because even if Tyreek Hill got got tackled, that wasn't a game ender. Right. It wasn't like he wasn't he couldn't score after that. Like the, I'm sure Mahomes would have found a way. I mean, both defenses kind of gave the other quarterback a lot of opportunity to make their type of big plays, whatever they wanted to do. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. The defense ran by Buffalo in the last two minutes of that game was like a like a mid sized prevent defense. I don't know what the hell they were doing. You know, they, yeah, it was it was weird, very strange. They were they were letting the receivers catch anything underneath, and when 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 you're trying to prevent them from getting to field goal range, you don't run that type of defense. You were like one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the league last this year, and you're letting him just do that to you, like that play to Kelsey in the last time. Where I I love the story behind it, where they both said in the huddle, "I'm just going to run a route, whatever I want to, just catch me open," you know, and and Kelsey runs up a, a, a stream. Uh, uh, a line right up the middle there, and he and Mahomes hits him, and he gets like twenty some yards. So that story's been edited a little bit. Oh, I see. They changed it, huh? But even more beneficial to show you how like how it's on Buffalo's defense. the The new report is Travis Kelsey. They 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 study so much film in Kansas City. It's not just like they're they're doing this stuff randomly. They're this talented and this like uh, attention this much attention to detail. They said that Kelsey and, and the the Chiefs. Recognized the defense that the Saint or the, the Bills were in, and he told everybody, "All right, this is what they're doing. I'm going to do this." So that's how he knew where to go, is because he knew what they were doing on defense. It wasn't just like a, "Hey, I'm going to run out there and hope for the best." This was legitimate. He said, "Okay, here's what they're doing. I'm going to go here. Find me." And Mom's was like, "Sounds good." Yeah, that's exactly that's what they crazy, did. Crazy though. I mean, that's, this again speaks to the fact that both defenses were just giving the other quarterback the ability to make these fascinating plays and back and forth. So I'll, I'll be honest, I, mean, I can't answer that question. I think both had a great game. No, 100%. I'm not taking anything away from either. My thing is just like, like I said, with with, with Josh Allen, it looks like the Chiefs, I say this knowing that he had a fantastic game, but it's almost like the Chiefs didn't, like they shut him down a little bit more because the only person he was allowed to throw a touchdown to was Gabriel Davis. It's right. like we're shutting some shit down, and the Patrick Mahomes was just able to do whatever he wanted. Like the whole field was open for Mahomes, whereas Josh Allen was kind of stuck. Like the touchdown to Gabriel Davis to to win the game was fourth and third. Well, to take the lead, I'm sorry, was fourth and thirteen. So it's not like he was just dominating all day. Like the Chiefs had him against the wall, fourth and thirteen, season on the line, do your best, and they just had a lapse of of whatever you want to call it, like just a lapse of judgment from the defensive players, and they let Gabriel Davis be wide open. So for me, it's almost like you saw Josh Allen just take advantage of bad defense, whereas Mahomes just did what Mahomes does. So So you're saying both a great game, just slight advantage to... Me, I'm going Mahomes. I am. I think if Allen's all-around game was spread out more, again, I I would give him a little more credit. And again, I'm not knocking anything he does. This is just me playing devil's advocate. If gun to my head, I had to pick which player I thought had the better game, I would go Mahomes. And... 13 seconds left. I understand Sean McDermott should have switched it to kill some time off the clock. Did not. He fucked up. But Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds to get in field goal range and fucking did it. Yeah. That's impressive as hell. I'm sorry. I know Josh Allen throwing that touchdown at the end was was to take the lead was great. But then 
See ya. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds, you think there's no fucking way. There's that. Like, I was literally holding my phone watching it at the concert, and I'm going, holy shit, the Bills are going to the AFC Championship. The Chiefs are done. And <laughs> nope, not so fast. <laughs> Speaking of that game, though, it did end in overtime because the Chiefs tied it up with a field goal. Overtime, got the ball first. NFL rules. First one with the first one to score a touchdown wins the game, regardless of uh, the other team touching the ball. Yep. I know you're not a fan of that, correct? Not a fan, no. I, I think that it would be nice to uh, just give the opportunity to the other team, too. I understand that it it's, it is what it is, and it's a rule. You're not going to argue. But I feel that, especially in just these competitive games, just let's let's see the other team get a chance. Why is it okay in college, but not in the NFL? Why not do you score, then they get one chance to score? If they don't score, then the game's over. But we gave both teams a chance to do it. And I understand that people are going to say, well, this is where defense stands and steps up. This is a defensive game. I understand defense wins championships. And if they only kick the field goal, then the other team does get a chance. I just feel that no matter what happens, field goal or touchdown, the other team should have an opportunity to try to do something. See, I have mixed feelings about this. I 100% agree with you. It is kind of shitty because it hasn't really happened on the Browns yet in a playoff game or anything like that. But I imagine if if we were in a playoff game and the Browns were on defense to start the, the overtime and lost, I would say that rule's fucking garbage. Fuck this, blah, blah, blah. However, there is the argument that, yeah, the defense is supposed to stop the offense. So it's no different than a kickoff after halftime or to start the game. You're kicking the ball off to the other team. Force it, force a stop. That's it. That's your job. You couldn't do it, so you lost the game. Sorry, but that's just the way she goes. Right. There's a, there's a stat that like the last ten games that that's happened, like the team that won the coin toss won the game. Yeah, because especially in a game like that, a high scoring, just brutal game, and there's always the advantage. The longer the game goes on, the advantage goes to the offense because you have that worn down defense. Yep. The especially the secondary. You have to keep up with professional athletes, top-level talent and wide receivers and stuff who know exactly where they're running. The quarterback knows exactly where he's going to put the ball. The defenders are guessing, and now they're doing it with a half tank of gas because they're dead from playing all day. So the defense definitely is at a disadvantage, especially as soon as overtime starts. They've played so much. They're dead tired. Think about how many times like the Browns' philosophy would be get the lead, go to the fourth quarter, pound the ball because the defense is tired. Right. Wear them down, wear them down. Now think about you're in a fifth quarter, they're worn down as shit, and now you have to go, all right, stop them again. Way easier said than done. I mean, you saw it. Patrick Mahomes drove down like it was fucking nothing yeah, and won the game. Nothing. I think Buffalo. it was like they, three plays. and They stood touchdown. no chance. Yeah, um, so you don't think that just given that fact that each team should have a chance to do something? And that way you're not having a team just have to stop someone um, for like from a whole touchdown. It's just, hey – so hold them to a field goal. We're going to get the ball back and get an opportunity here. Yeah, where I like the college rule because the college level of talent is far less well, than the NFL, clearly, obviously. Yeah. But for the NFL, I think that the only solution for that would be, I think, I, I would say this. Keep it the way it is in the regular season. In the regular season, it's if you score first, game. In the playoffs, though, I do think the rule should change. And it should be that even if it's a touchdown, you kick it off. That's it. You're allowed to obviously punt. If you, you know, fourth down, you punt the ball. It is what it is. Then your turn's over. You've had your one shot, so you need to stop them now on defense if you punt. Right. But if you score a touchdown, I do think you should have to kick it off. The other team gets a chance. Yeah. And I think that, that would make the game so much more interesting. Maybe even make it harder and say, okay, you both get a chance in the playoffs, but there's no no extra points. You have to go for two. Yeah. 
That's that's fair too. That's something that changes it up a little bit. Someone else mentioned the other day was like, you know, what? Why not if it ends in a tie? Like you go down and score, you go down and score. Now we're still tied. Then they start doing like kickoff, like a like kickers. They have to like field goal kick, you know. And well, it would it would be no different than a regular. Imagine uh, a team goes down and kicks a field goal in overtime. Yep. The game doesn't end. The other team gets a chance for right, a field goal. Right. It's only touchdowns that win. So you would just keep playing the quarter out like a normal game, right? So you're saying if it ended in a tie, no, I'm saying yeah, if it ended in a tie, oh, they would just go to another overtime. I understand that, but I mean, how more of a layer of interest would it be that okay, now the kickers start kicking like like a like a penalty kick in soccer? It's like okay, now here we go. Each team gets a chance field goal, and first Uh, team to miss, it's over. For in terms of the entertainment and the money that the NFL brings in, they would never do that. (laughs) It would be funny to watch. Literally, no way in hell they're putting a championship on the line for a kicker. Uh, the NFL just there's no chance they would absolutely never do that. They want the quarterbacks out there throwing the ball, <laughs> making money. That's all they care about. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, no, I'm with you though. I, I do think that they need to change that rule a little bit. Um, I wonder if it's gonna be something they talk about in the off season because that just that just sucks. You know? Well, the funny thing is, is that the last team to bring that up to a vote and it, it got Kansas, shut Kansas. down immediately was Kansas City, and the vote was rejected. They wanted the rule changed, and everyone said nope, fuck you. And now it backfired. Now, I wouldn't say backfired, but now it hurt another team. Yeah, and benefited Kansas City. And Kansas City's like, hey, we tried. What do you want us to do? So I respect that. I mean, they, they did what they tried to do. Uh, speaking of things that need to be changed, the voting for the Major League Baseball <laughs> Hall of Fame. What a sham. Cooperstown. What a fucking joke. Uh, for those of you that aren't uh, up to date with the Hall of Fame, David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer, and a known steroid user. Yeah, Mr. Failed Steroid Test Person. First time on the ballot, first time and gets right in. Who did not make the Hall of Fame again? Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, Alex Rodriguez. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. Sammy Sosa. Two of the greatest pitchers of all time. Yep. And two of the greatest players of all time. Think what you, Say what you want about Alex Rodriguez. I mean, he's what, fourth or fifth on the list of all-time home run leaders? Oh, yeah. He's a top five home run leader in, in, in Major League Baseball. Top five fielder Has of all time. Has a championship. Great player. He came on so young with Seattle. Not in the Hall of Fame because of steroid allegations. None of these guys have ever tested positive. David Ortiz has officially tested positive. Yep. In the Hall of Fame. Right. First ballot. First ballot Hall of First Fame. First ballot Hall of Squeaks Famer. in. Squeaks in. You need a 77. For a guy who you needed 75, he had 77. 77, yeah. yep. Yep. Squeaked in. Just made it, but... Bonds came in close. Bonds had 66.3 or whatever. Which, yeah, up until like the final hours of the voting, he actually had enough. There was a point where he had like 76 or something like that. And I was like, holy shit, Bonds might actually get in the Hall of Fame. And then when more votes came in, it was over. Um, But yeah, complete and utter bullshit. I mean, honestly, disrespectful to the game. I've heard so many different arguments about it. And for me, the best thing about this is that it's, it's, it's awakening baseball. It's making more fans. It's making people care more because years prior, people don't care. The only real controversy, wow, what a fucking dunk. Did you see that? And one. The only real controversial person was obviously Pete Rose, who I think will be in the Hall of Fame once he's dead. Because the baseball, Major League Baseball has always said, banned for life. So as soon as he dies, unbanned, he's getting voted into the Hall of Fame. Boom, first ballot. They're going to put him in. They just don't want him to enjoy it. So (laughs) that's the uh, the one thing they're doing there. But with, with Barry Bonds not getting in and David Ortiz getting in, you can argue all you want. Barry Bonds does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He's on steroids, blah, blah, blah. Okay, sure. Now you just voted in a known steroid user. So that you argument are, is null and void. Especially because you're banning Barry Bonds, who we all know took steroids. I mean, 
Stevie Wonder can see that he took steroids. <laughs> However, never tested positive. And David Ortiz tested positive. Right. Gets right in. But he cheated the game, some say. He cheated yeah. the game. Barry Bonds cheated the game and, and, and screwed up everything because of how he had to get walked all the time and this and that. David Ortiz just took steroids, went went from being a little skinny, okay player to ball, to Boston and became a Hall of Famer. Hey, Poppy. A champion, which Barry Bonds doesn't even have a championship. So what did he cheat the game of? He just went up there and did his own job. He put up great stats for himself. Right. David Ortiz cheated. Mary, we all know Manny Ramirez took steroids too. That the, that team cheated to win multiple championships, and that guy went right into the Hall of Fame. Tell me how that does not put a black eye on Major League Baseball when you have a guy known cheater, won championships. What do we hate the Houston Astros for? Cheating. Cheating because they won a fucking championship. Right. Right. David Ortiz. Hey. You know why? And you well know done. why? It's because Mr. he's friendly. He's so friendly Mr. with everyone. Personality. Because he's so f- much like. Meanwhile, he's close if I'm not mistaken, media. he's down in the Dominican having people murdered. But you know that's neither here nor it's, there. Well, we can't prove it. In allegedly, defense, allegedly, it was retaliation because they tried to murder him. So I guess in the Dominican, that's kind of what well, you do. Maybe they were avid anti-steroid people. That's I think why it was. They're... From what rumors are speculate or flying right now, that it was actually Pete Rose who tried to kill him because he said, "If I can't see myself in the Hall of Fame, you won't either, motherfucker." I, th- I thought it was Bonds who like so, offed him. It's like I, I know you're gonna get in first time. I gotta, I gotta take you out. No, Bonds was gonna, but he. Uh, he I haven't. Have you heard from Bonds in the last ten years? No, uh, no, I actually haven't heard anything. I, I don't, feel I don't like know what he's I feel like to. he's just off the, the the face of the earth. But uh, but the the point is is like you know if you look up Bond stats and I got deep in Bond stats. Last what night. I was gonna say though is Go that the, we know it wasn't Barry Bonds that tried to kill David Ortiz because his steroid fingers couldn't fit in the gun. <laughs> he, he couldn't actually get to the trigger. His fingers are too fat. <laughs> um, but just digging into the Bond stats last night because I was back and forth with people on Facebook about this. Um, he's not. A, yeah, he is. Yeah, he was unfortunately. Um, his his time in Pittsburgh. I didn't. I I knew he had a great. He was good in Pittsburgh when he was skinny Bonds because he was. You look at pictures of Bonds in Pittsburgh. He was very skinny, um, but he had such great seasons. His his batting average, his home runs. He won two MVPs in in Pittsburgh. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was a forty forty guy in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, but then that was before his allegations of steroids. Like the, right. I think I think the year he admitted to starting steroids was ninety eight ninety nine. Yeah. And that was. Two years, three years after he left Pittsburgh. Yeah. But you're saying that he doesn't deserve to be in. His numbers he was putting up was astronomical. So essentially compare the – I don't have him in front of me. I'll look it up, though. But compare the two, just going off memory here. We'll compare Minnesota David Ortiz that nobody remembers when he wasn't that good. He was a little skinny guy. To Pittsburgh Barry Bonds where he was winning MVPs, where he was one of the best players in baseball just because he has that talent. And then he goes to San Francisco – Obviously, is on steroids, and all he does is just produce more home runs because the steroids help him stay healthy. They give him some power. David Ortiz, again, turns into a completely different player in Boston, wins championships, etc. <laughs> okay, here's his home run stats, and just this will go off home runs. Um, his first season, one. Second season, nine. Who Third, is this? David Ortiz. Okay, yeah, yeah. Third season, zero. Fourth season, 10. Fifth season, 18. Um, sixth season, 20. Now he goes to Boston. Then he jumps to 31, 41, 47, 54, 35. Yeah, something changed. But Barry Bonds tainted the game of baseball. Bullshit. Bonds was putting up 35, 45 home runs back in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
His his batting average averaged between 250 to 350. That's uh, that's crazy. This uh, is essentially like thinking Ken Griffey Jr. after let's say year like seven or eight decides to go on roids because he has some injury issues, or when he goes to Cincinnati, Ken Griffey Jr. goes on steroids. Does Ken does does that mean Ken Griffey Jr. just not wasn't a good player in Seattle? Because he was already a fucking Hall of Fame player in Seattle. Right. Obviously, so, Ken Griffey so, Jr. has never had any steroid allegations. No, he was not def- at all. He was a unanimous pure, Hall of Famer. Very pure. But, but I'm just I'm, I'm comparing the talent. Yeah, so of, you're saying you ignore the part of his game yeah. where he had nothing around him and he was still an amazing player. Yeah. David Ortiz, on the other hand, was a fucking bum in Minnesota. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's embarrassing by Major League Baseball that they did that. Um I mean, yeah, I'm looking at some of his stat lines here. It's, they're horrible. He he batted 277, 282, 234, and then 272. Goes to Boston, 300 hitter. He's hitting fucking doubling his home runs. I mean, he, like you said, the most home runs he ever had in Minnesota was 20. And if you look at the numbers, uh, it goes 1, 9, 0, 10, 18, 20. So obviously there's a steady increase as his years are going. And then right when he's at the end of Minnesota is probably where he started steroids, got the 20 home runs, and then boom, Boston took over. This dude hit 38 home runs in his last season playing in the in the league. I got, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how old was he then? No idea. I don't know. Uh, it's 46 now. You take away whatever. So five years ago. Yeah, so he, so he was 40. 41 years old, give four, or take. Yeah, 41, 40 years old, hitting 38 home runs. Yeah. But All Barry, natural. Barry Bonds cheated the game of baseball. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. It's a complete that. joke. Major League Baseball should be ashamed of themselves. That explains why people are so anti. And here's the other th- the other argument that I'm hearing, and I completely agree with. It's the, the Hall of Fame is not a court of law. It's not a... Whatever it's 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 a story of baseball, and I'm sorry, I don't care if you have to build an extra wing to make it the supposed steroid era of baseball. They deserve to be in there because they're part of the story of baseball. I mean, during that time, you have a commissioner who's in the, in the Hall of Fame that allowed this stuff to happen, that knew this, Bud that knew this stuff was happening, that used used the performance of Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds to sign contracts, bigger contracts, endorsement deals. They, he played off the fame and power of these guys, knowing knowing whole well that they were doing doing this shit anyways. But he's in the Hall of Fame. He turned How a blind does that make eye. sense? He turned a blind eye to the steroid what use. What a turnaround by the Cavs. Because it rejuvenated Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball was a dying sport. He turned his eye or turned his turned a blind eye to the steroids. Yeah. And it made everybody a baseball fan again. Of course. You couldn't wait to watch Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. That you year, couldn't wait. That year they went back and forth. Hell, they made a documentary on it. The yeah. year they went back and forth for the record, watching every game. Like, there was nothing more exciting. There. Yeah. When Barry Bonds hit the home run record, I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone. I remember wanting to make sure I was home for that game. Yeah, I wanted absolutely. to watch it. It was witnessing history. I'll never see anybody hit that many home runs again, probably. I wanted to see that. It was crazy. But because the guy used performance-enhancing drugs... We got to forget all that. We just go, fuck it. Cheated, doesn't even cheated, count. Cheated the game. Doesn't count. Not even good enough for our Hall of Fame. Cheated the game. So, yeah, I'm with you. Complete bullshit. Uh, just garbage. Okay, I'm all fired up now. Let's go back to Baker Talk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, well, another thing you wanted to talk about a little bit, we'll, we'll get into... Oh, yeah. So let's go hit this sore subject. The Cincinnati... Oh, I'm sorry. The Cleveland Bengal fans... 
Can I just say one, two words? Sure. Fuck you. Like, I'm sorry. I cannot believe you. Uh, the audacity to sit there and tell me, oh, oh, they're the Bengals. Go Bengals. I'm a Browns fan. I'm a diehard Browns fan. Look at all the Browns memorabilia in my house. But go Bengals. You're from Ohio. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, I, I obviously football has such more intense rivalries. Sure. But for me personally, it's because again, I'm I'm crazy. Fuck any team that's against my 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 favorite team. Absolutely. For the Indians slash Guardians, if the White Sox are in the playoffs, I am openly rooting against them. Yes. I will never go, hey, go White Sox, because we played them a bunch this year. Yeah. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Exactly. I mean, you're not rooting for Cincinnati when they're in the World Series or whatever. Never. No, well, I don't care. Doesn't about, happen for them. I know, but I don't care about that. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we both openly have talked about how we're both fans of Buffalo. Like, we kind of have a side route for them. I don't mind them, but would I, like, like me personally, I, I picked the Chiefs to win. So right. I was rooting for the Chiefs to win because I wanted to win that. Back. But I'm saying if we, I mean, just me, I guess personally, I'm just saying Buffalo's kind of like a Cleveland. You know, they're like a, a Cleveland twin. How their team was built, what city they're from, so on and so forth. It's almost like you kind of root for that kind of thing because you want to see someone like that succeed a little bit. But that's it. That's where I draw the line. Like I'm not rooting for like I I can root for those teams until they do something to irritate me. Sure. So like Golden State, Golden State's in the West Coast. They've never had anything to do with the Cavaliers ever. We played them in the finals. They beat us. Go fuck yourself, Golden State. That's all it takes to get on my shit list. So for right now, Buffalo is yet to do anything to cost anything for the Browns. Right. So until that happens, they can go sure. fuck themselves. Same thing with like the Chiefs. We lost to the Chiefs last year in the playoffs, but I can't be mad at Mahomes for it because he got hurt. Chad Henney beat us. The fact that Chad Henney beat us, I can't be mad about that. That's just that's on the Browns. That's you, right. you either step your game up or you deserve to lose the game. Uh, so I, I I don't hate the Chiefs because of that. Now if if it was Mahomes and Baker and they had a shootout. Like, the, the week one game, if that was a playoff game, I would be so fucking mad. Well, Baker threw the interceptions. I'd be more mad at Baker, but... Uh, Which we were, but... Yeah, yeah but it was a regular season. Yeah. But in, in, a, in a playoff <laughs> setting or atmosphere, yeah, I'm at the point where... Unless you do something to my team to directly affect me from winning a championship, it doesn't right. really bother me, right. so... I just don't... I can't... I mean, the amount of people on my Facebook feed... This week, just talking about oh, go, go Cincy, you know, let's be happy for them. Let's 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 be just just be happy in their success this year. No, fuck that. Yeah, imagine th- that. This is the crazy thing for me is I'm considered or called a bad Browns fan because I don't want to kiss Baker's ass. You mean to tell me that rooting for a division rival to win a championship? is not making you a bad Browns fan? Would you root for Pittsburgh to win a championship? And I asked that question to a couple people, and their answer was like, oh, no, no, because I hate Pittsburgh, and I hate since uh, Because hate they're, they're just across the state line, right. even though proximity-wise, Pittsburgh's closer than Cincinnati. By an hour, at least, yeah. So just because the way a map was drawn, you you, you have to like because Cincinnati? Because they're in the same state, that means, Justin. That's, that makes, that's why. crazy to me. It means fucking nothing. Trust me, that's why I put my post on Facebook, like, People who like Cincy because they're from Ohio make my head hurt because it doesn't make sense to me. Like that's like rooting for Detroit to win a World Series because they're right on the border of Ohio. Right, they're close. So why not? They're, they're close, close enough. Absolutely. I just I don't get it. No, I would never, absolutely never do that. They can go fuck themselves. I tell you the the one thing I'm rooting for for Cincinnati is for Joe Burrow to blow his knee out again. He can go fuck himself. I fucking hate them. They're a rival. They can each, eat a each bag of dicks. nine times he got pounded last week. Yeah. They're probably hoping he wasn't getting this back This time out. I hope it's the other leg that he gets it on. He uh. can go fuck himself. <laughs> fuck the Bengals. I, I have, spoiler alert, I'm picking the fucking Chiefs this weekend. <laughs> and A, that's because the Bengals can completely go fuck themselves and shove every dick in the world up their butts. But it's also just because I really do think the Chiefs are going to win. They're the better team. They've been here before. Uh, 
I'm going with the Chiefs, but but yeah, no, fuck them. I hate if you're. A, it makes no sense to me to root for the Bengals. Yeah, and I, I plan on probably making a post about that in the coming days Thank to let you. people know something because I'm just like I might, I couldn't wrap my head around the argument. Like I thought I'd make that post and I get like people like yeah fuck them or yeah I agree with you or whatever. But I had people like legit telling me oh no it's okay to root for them. I'm like no who the are fuck you? Fuck it is. Please because hand over your then, Browns card then. So here's what you have to do if you're a Browns fan and, and the Bengals win a championship. You know what you're going to hear next year every time you play them? Oh, the Browns and Bengals facing off Battle of Ohio. Obviously, the Bengals, the better team, coming off a championship. The Bengals, uh, they, they did what the Browns wanted to do. They took their young quarterback to a Super Bowl. Right. That's all you're going to hear is comparisons about Absolutely. how your team is a fucking failure. Yeah. And they won. But go you Cincy. want that? But go Cincy. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Them winning a Super Bowl would be the worst thing ever. 100%. They're the only team remaining that I will legitimately be pissed if they win a Super Bowl. Yeah. The other three teams... Don't really care. Not a huge Niners fan. I don't want Kyle Shanahan to win a ring, and I also don't want Jimmy G to get well, one. Well, I do. I heard the rumor if he does win a ring, uh, he's shipping one to us for our a motivational speak- speaking about him this, this this year. Yeah, no, he can keep that on his desk as a paperweight. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I honestly, like, I hate the, I hate the Niners, but... Obviously, I fucking hate the Bengals. So they're the one team that uh, it's it sent to me. It's like rooting for the Steelers. Yeah. It's your division rival. Yeah. Just because the Bengals haven't beat up on you and, and caused you so much pain like the Steelers and Ravens have over the years doesn't make them any less of a rival and doesn't make them any less of a threat, especially since they're the up-and-comer in the division in the AFC in general. You guys need to start hating them right now. Don't jump on this bandwagon when it's too late. Hate them now. Give all our Browns hate directed right towards them. Give them bad karma, bad energy for yeah, this, I, this weekend. I, I hope this week I hear no, I see nothing but go Kansas City. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm with you. They can anybody doing that's a fucking idiot. And like I said, I'll make a post about this. Um, Hurts my head. What else did we have to talk about? We were gonna do pros and cons. We'll do those really quickly because we're running long. Yeah, we are. But this, we've had good conversation. Of course, of course. <laughs> so as you guys know, we've we've been doing pros and cons about quarterbacks. This is our second round of pros and cons. Pros and cons of potential quarterbacks coming to Cleveland. Correct, because as you all know, we're not sold on Baker and we're ready for an improvement. So here are some potential players that could be that improvement. We plan on doing well. Quick uh, update for the show: we're going to take next week off vacation because (laughs) our first episode for red line is february 9th at nine o'clock the ninth at nine and we are going to do another pro and con there but we're taking the week off just because we want to break down the super bowl and since it takes two weeks to get to the super bowl i don't want to have the same episode twice so we're going to take that week off and also kyle and i have done every week since the nfl season started we have been troopers consecutively so i feel like we earned this we earned a week (laughs) off it's a paid vacation it really is so just a heads up for programming notes. We will be taking the week off, and then our next show will be live on Redline. So if you're not already, follow them on Facebook, Redline LLC. I think. Yep, Redline Radio LLC. LLC. Uh, give gonna, them a follow. It's going to be a fun show. Or give Talking About Balls our page a follow. We'll, of course, be posting everything for you guys to find it. But we look forward to that in two weeks from today. So without a, further ado, pros and cons. Today features Russell Wilson and Farm Fresh. Cage-free, locally grown. Bob Evans? Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Russell Wilson is, of course, as I said before, we're going to do a upper-tier quarterback and then a middle-to-lower-tier quarterback, and I sure. think that's a good way to do it. Yep. So we're not just kissing quarterbacks' asses. We do have good back-and-forths with everything. Obviously, Mitchell Trubisky is the top tier. 
Russell Wilson is <laughs> well, the clearly, middle to low. <laughs> clearly. For those of you that didn't Who the hell would want assume, Russell Wilson on their team? Yeah, apparently the Seahawks. So, with Russell Wilson, there is rumors, there are rumors that he is on the outs. He is looking to uh, get a change of scenery. He is looking to start fresh. He doesn't like the the uh, the build that's happening in Seattle, and I don't blame him. When you trade two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, and you then suck so bad that that first-round pick is a top-ten pick, and you still don't have an offensive line, after asking for about five years or so, he's been demanding. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. He was asking for a, 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 an offensive line. Now he's demanding because he's getting his ass kicked week in and week out. It's worse than Joe Burrow. Uh He's just a more mobile quarterback, so it doesn't look as bad on the stat sheet. But Russell Wilson has a horrible offensive line. So I think he would be willing to leave Seattle. Yes. And I'd be willing to take him. You must hear the back and forth, though. Like, the, yeah, he wants to leave. And you're like, oh, no, no, they're happy. They're working it out. He wants to He's stay. the ultimate team guy. That's why. That's why you don't hear anything bad. The, the stories come out, and I think it's because he, his people leaked him out. It's all legit. But it's just he's not going to come out and say, like, yeah, I want something new. Because he wants to look good for the fans. He never wants to turn his back on the fans. That's the same thing Baker's kind of doing when these stories came out. Baker was the one that was like, no, no, I never asked for a trade or I never told them this. I never said that. Mary Kay Cabot's an idiot. But these stories come from somewhere. Right. And it's because the quarterbacks want to save face. It's because Baker wants to go somewhere else or even Russell Wilson and succeed. And then fans can go, oh, this team's a bunch of fucking idiots. They'll, they'll hate the team in the front office oh, instead the, of the player. The Baker bros are going to be horrible after Baker leaves the Cleveland Browns. You thought seeing live updates for every second Odell Beckham took a breath was bad oh, God. for his first few weeks in Los Angeles. Every time this man farts in the offseason. You are going to see oh, everything geez. about Baker Mayfield. But I'm okay with that because based on what I've seen the last four years, it ain't going to be much. There's not going to be a whole <laughs> lot to talk about. All right, so we'll start with Russell Wilson pros. I will go first with my first one. My number one, guy's a winner. Sure. Wins games. He's won a Super Bowl, been to two, probably should have won two if it weren't for Pete Carroll's play calling, but he's a winner. Run I mean, the you, damn ball. you can't put that on anything, and the, the rumor is, I mean, obviously it was Russell Wilson's fault for that throw, throwing an interception, but the rumor is that Pete Carroll said, I don't want Marshawn Lynch to be the hero. That's why he called that play. He, he knew... Running the ball, you're scoring a touchdown. But he said, I don't want Marshawn Lynch to be the hero of the of the Seahawks. I want it to be Wilson. Gave him the ball, and he threw an interception. <laughs> Although it was a great defensive play. I'll give him that. It was it wasn't oh, like yeah. it was a it wasn't a terrible that throw. Was like, or that was something like a borderline crazy. pass interference. Like he got in yeah. there perfectly. Was it Malcolm Butler? Yeah. yeah, Malcolm Butler. He got in there perfectly. Could have been pass interference. He basically had to like shoulder check. I think it was Tyler Lockett, maybe whoever it was. He had to shoulder check him to get the ball. So not a terrible throw by Russ. I do love rubbing that in the face of my buddy, though. My buddy Craig. I send that gif of that interception probably <laughs> once a month to him, depending on what it, what conversation we're having. But uh, yeah, what, I mean, what does your buddy in Seattle think? Does he is he think he's he's done? Yeah, he thinks the Seahawks are in a full rebuild. Like he he talks more shit about the Seahawks than anybody at this point. Hmm. Interesting. He sees the writing on the wall. So yeah, my number one is a winner. No, it's a good one because my number one was top five quarterback because I just yep. think he's he is consistently always in the conversation. Like you said, MVP. Yes, they tend to do the downward spiral at the middle of the season. Um, 
But yeah, I had top five quarterback. My next one is this great arm strength. He has a hell of a cannon. Oh, he it. does. He has a cannon. He, he, he has deep throat, deep deep pass accuracy. He's good. Say at, deep throat? Deep throat accuracy. <laughs> deep pass accuracy. I hope he's, Sierra's the one with the deep throat. <laughs> <laughs> what a lucky man he is. Um, he's also good. Like, you know, he's good at and the short throws, too. He just has a good arm, which is something that we need in this. In this I mean, team. honestly, him to Tyler Lockett, who, who or even D- DK Metcalf at this point. Yeah. Who has a prettier deep ball that gets right on target to the guys? I mean, how many times do you watch a Seattle game and you see, oh, Tyler Lockett with a 70-yard touchdown right. because Russell Wilson just threw he a just, fucking rocket. He puts it right in the breadbasket, you know, all the time. It's crazy. But yeah, strong arm. So I'll piggyback off that, uh, your your first one of that he's a top five player. I said the same thing. I said MVP talent. Yeah. Year in and year out, you watch Russell Wilson, at least for most of the season, his numbers are up there for MVP. He could legitimately be in the conversation many, many times, and... Not a bad thing when you're a quarterback to be in that conversation, so I would take him in a heartbeat for that. Uh, my next one is playmaker. He can move. He's he's very mobile when the pocket collapses because he's had to do that a lot in Seattle, as I mentioned before. Bad offensive line, but he finds a way to keep the, the play alive. Right. He can scramble. I think that would be huge in our offense. When you yeah. have a great running game, a great offensive line, a good quarterback that could also extend plays, Baker can't really do that. He's not that mobile, not that fast. Right. So that would be tremendous, a huge advantage. So, I mean, my, my next one was actually that same thing, so I'll piggyback my next one, which is he's used to a run-first offense. Like, he's he would be, I think he'd be a perfect fit in this offense that Stefanski runs. Uh, Run-first, quick passes, you know, getting the ball out, and then when he needs to extend the play, which is what we need sometimes with the rollouts, the deep passes and stuff, um, I think he would fit, like, he'd be a perfect slide-in to this offense. You and I on the same page again. I said the same thing. Yeah. I said thrives with a good run game. Absolutely. And I look back to the as I said before, the aforementioned uh, Marshawn Lynch. That was their best years. I mean, obviously they had a stellar, stout defense, but at the same time, offensively, yeah. they were great. When Marshawn Lynch was great, that offense was unstoppable. Absolutely. So Russell Wilson coming here with Kareem Hunt, with Nick Chubb, with this offensive line. Match made in heaven. Marshawn Lynch's highlights that season, the one season they went to the Super Bowl, were out were, were crazy. The the, uh, the year the, where he dragged like ten people to the end zone or whatever. The quake, the thunder, <laughs> or the the earthquake game in uh, Seattle oh, was, against the Saints. That was, was, that was it, a great game. So good. Uh, I'll start with the cons. Be, um, while you while you take a drink of I have one oh, more. One more pro. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I have two. Okay, first one being stays healthy. Uh, I'm sure you guys all saw he had that that finger surgery and missed two games this year. Yep. First two missed starts of his career. It took him 10 years plus to, to, to miss a game, and he finally missed his first game and second game. So he has two two games missed in his entire career, which yep. is fucking incredible. And lastly, for pros, just based on the Cincinnati, uh, the Cleveland Bengals fans, uh, technically he's local because he's from Cincinnati. So basically he's a Clevelander, I guess, according to some fans. Yes, that, that works. He was born in Cincinnati, yes. local kid. Uh, With the Wisconsin and yeah, he went to uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's to, close to Cleveland went, too, I guess. Uh, he drove past Shaker Heights one time, so he's Perfect. a Clevelander. I'm yep. sure he's lock him up. So everyone should love him then for being a local boy. Absolutely. So go ahead and start us off with cons. Um, so I don't have many cons for Russell Wilson. To be honest, I have four. I, do you? Okay, I only have one. <laughs> okay. And that's going to be just the fact that we're going to have that same conversation we always do with these other quarterbacks that we have is his height. He's not a tall guy. He's not a tall quarterback. And we've always talked about how short quarterbacks really don't thrive very well, not in Cleveland at least. So, of course, the one thing that people probably bitch and complain about when he comes here is, oh, he's just another short quarterback. I think you can cross that one off your list of cons because if anybody is still complaining that he's too short of a quarterback, they just don't watch football. 
Right. Uh, Russell Wilson's proven he can play the game of the. Oh, I had to be nitpicky on my. Cons, he could play the, the way, quarterback so. position just fine. Sure. As as a shorter quarterback, I don't think that's an issue for him at all. Well, so. I mean, it's just one thing. It's a knock against him. Is face. Sure. He's a shorter guy. You know, he has to do some some rollouts to look past. You know, to make plays happen. Yes, he's perfected it, but I think that's the one the one knock against him. My first con, in yep. no particular order. We mentioned it earlier with his MVP seasons. He has too many half seasons where he starts off like Kyler Murray did yeah. this year. The Seattle Seahawks will start off and go 7-0. and He will look like a, a lock for MVP. And then, all of a sudden, you don't hear from them again. They they right. they miss the playoffs or they just sneak in as a wild card. Their stats are down. They lose first round. They don't close. They're not finishers. So, But is that a Russell Wilson thing or is that just a team A little itself? bit of both because, I mean, honestly, it's the same thing with him. You look at his numbers. He, he'll start a season off and he is a, a lock for MVP. And he'll go like... 20 touchdowns, one interception, or 15 touchdowns, no interceptions at the halfway point of the season. And then all of a sudden he starts throwing, you know, two interceptions a game and he ends the season with, with a good amount of turnovers and the the, the, the uh, touchdowns aren't as impressive because he's not having as many. So yeah, I, I call those half seasons for him. He's known to have them and it's definitely something to be be concerned about. Next con for you. Um, I don't have any more cons to be honest. Okay. I, I, I I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, so it's hard. I for am me. too, but it's I had nit- to it's hard something. for me to nitpick. So my thing would be, uh, and this is being kind of nitpicky. He's getting older. He's yeah. 33 right now, and he's coming off not a good year. He was injured. He he just didn't. Uh, excuse me. Didn't put up great numbers. Right. Uh, is that a, a sign of his age? Right. Or is that just he needs out of Seattle and a fresh start would do him good? But because I'm not a fortune teller, I'm just going to have to go with it. It's because he's aging. So I'm going to throw that in there. He is an aging quarterback. Are his skills diminishing? Right. Only time will tell. Um, next one I have, his specific skill set as a quarterback may not be ideal for our offense. Because as we said earlier with his deep ball to DK Metcalf to Tyler Lockett, amazing. Unless the Browns extremely uh, improve the wide receiver position and get a legitimate deep threat, I'm worried that our offense is going to be a little limited because we don't have that deep threat for him to thrive. He is great with that deep ball, the play action. He can do all that good stuff. We don't have those players yet on offense. Uh, to me personally, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry's a goner. Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz, you hope, are going to be good. I mean, Peoples-Jones has showed some flashes, but overall, those are not guys that I trust. Those are not DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett type players. Those are not Doug Baldwin type players that he's had so much success with. So until we get a legit wide receiver that can stretch the field and do those things that he was doing in Seattle, that makes me a little worried that Mm -hmm. this might not be the perfect offense for him. And my last con is one that you'll hear a lot about quarterbacks we have to trade for would probably cost a fortune. Yeah, it's true. I didn't even think about that fact, but you're right. I mean, he, anyone... Which, again, I've always been... I I said this last year. You and I, I remember arguing with you about Deshaun Watson, how you were like, no, we need those draft picks. And I'm like, fuck those picks. Give me Deshaun Watson. I am never How many first-round picks would you have to give up for him? For Russell Wilson? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many first-round picks are you willing to give up for him? Considering I've heard rumors that a guy like Deshaun Watson would cost you three first-round picks at least. That's the rumor. The Houston Texans want three first-round picks. Well, and at We least, all know that's just And crazy at least five ass. assets. So they want a total of like three, three first-round picks and two players kind of thing. So if that's for Deshaun Watson, who's you know six, six years younger than, than Russell Wilson a little bit, uh, just as talented in my opinion... I would think you could probably get Russell Wilson for two first-round picks and like maybe a third, mm-hmm. something like that, which I would do that in a heartbeat, no question well, about it. We have it. some extra third-round picks coming in anyway. We just so, so happen to have those. But, you know, I, w- I would do that, again, as long as we're not doing a Herschel Walker-type deal where we're trading our you know next two drafts uh, altogether, 
I would probably do the make the pick. I also think that there will be a bidding war. Don't get me wrong. Russell Wilson's going to be a highly coveted player, but you do have where is everyone going to be willing to pay that price to get him? Right. And I think a team that has a good enough roster to where you could potentially be winning soon would be willing to wait, make that move. Whereas mm-hmm. a team think of like a shitty team that needs a quarterback. Are they willing to give up a top 10 draft pick this year and possibly top 10 next year to get him? Like, look at the, the like I won't, well, they're obviously, they have their quarterback, but like look at a team like the Jags or the Lions, for instance, do you think the Lions are going to trade the second overall pick for Russell Wilson? Probably not as great as he would be. They're not there yet with that rebuild to where he would help their team. Right. So I think a lot of teams that could be looking for a quarterback, you could cross them off the list though, just because it's not doesn't make it's sense. It's not their time yet. Yeah. yeah. So those are my cons for Russell Wilson. I would love him on the Browns, of course. He is on my list of people I would like. And that leads us to we were gonna talk a little bit of Cavs, but since we're running long, we're gonna skip that. I mean, obviously we're watching the game. Lori Markinen got hurt. The Cavs are linked to a bunch of trades. Nothing too crazy. The to Cavs report, have turned though. this game around though. Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier where the Bucks were hitting everything, and the Cavs have a 16-point lead right now. So, turned it around very quickly. Dean Wade is hitting a ton of shots. Good for him. I love it. Uh, good to see this team. I'm not going to lie. I was I was close to betting on this game earlier, and I was going to bet against the Cavs. I'm not going to lie. Really? I, I saw them play the Knicks the I other mean, night. not anything's possible right now. I saw them play the Knicks the other night, and they struggled. They struggled mightily. They couldn't hit shots, and I was like, well, maybe the Cavs right now, we've just finally hit that plateau of too many injuries. Wasn't sure if Jared Allen would be back. Even if he was back, I'm thinking, is he 100%? He's coming off a non-COVID illness. Um, I don't know. The Bucks are a really good team. Their Bucks are one of the best teams in the East. So I really looked at this game and thought, I might throw a little bit of cash down on the Bucks. Maybe just the money line. I wouldn't even take the points. As of right now, I'm really glad that I did not do that because I would be out of money. Probably. They, they, they are. They are playing just really good basketball. It's crazy. Just to watch. It, it's almost like I know the Cavs are good, but I don't want to admit it because I don't want to. Affect no one it. else thinks the Cavs are good. Did you? Did you watch? Not to get on the basketball tangent. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, the the um, who was it? The dude from the ESPN reporter who basically bashed everyone for not talking more about the Cavs. Oh, I did see Winhurst. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Brian Winhurst. Yeah, when he went on the thing, he's like, "How are no? How is nobody talking about the Cavs?" And then I guess you. I saw your tweet earlier, the Boston thing. Yeah, calling out how the, they're just, just the, the Boston media were, were saying something like. Uh, the Cavs have a better record than Boston right now. That's just embarrassing for Boston. And it's like, how, you obviously don't watch the games because the Cavs are a fucking good team. We're not out here just playing an easy schedule, getting skating by across uh, like the fucking the Bulls, or not the Bulls, I'm sorry, the Hornets or somebody like that. Right. We're beating legit teams. We just beat the, the Nets last week. We're beating the Bucks right now, who are one of the better teams in basketball. We're, we're, we're no joke. Right, and it's, I mean, it's just crazy how little they are being talked about because that this team doesn't have that one star That's on the, the team problem. that nobody wants to latch onto. It's an entire team. Like, I don't know the standings off the top of my head, but I'm guessing Memphis is just an okay basketball team, so let me look it up. But when you think of Memphis, it's John Morant immediately. That's yeah. all you think about. Yeah. When you think of the Cavs, what's the first thing you think about? Obviously, we're Clevelanders, so we know the team like the back of our hands. So for me, obviously, you think about Evan Mobley, you think about Darius Garland, right. and all these guys. But nationwide, people worldwide, probably still think Kevin Love. They hear him and they're like, "Who the fuck's even? Who does? Who even plays for the Cavs? Yeah, like they right. don't—they're not household names." And I'm okay with that. Uh, okay, I guess the Grizzlies are actually a good team. They're in third place. They're 32 and 17. But, uh, but we just beat them like a week ago. No, they beat us by oh, one. John oh, Morant, the right. bastard. Oh yeah. Um, another block nice by Mobley. Block. But yeah, so I'm just looking at like even here. Look at the uh, the Nuggets. Nuggets have Nikola uh, Jokic. And potentially could be the MVP again. He's that good. And that's all you think about with the Nuggets because Jamal Murray's not healthy. Or maybe he is. I don't even know. But because 
when you don't follow all the other teams, you just think of that one player. And the Cavs don't have that player. So I'm okay with that. Stay under the radar. Keep right. winning games. Let teams come in. Uh, and I think this team's built to do well in a series, a five-game or a seven-game series. Because of their defense, their toughness, even if they don't win. Don't get me wrong. I want the Cavs to win playoff series. But let's just say we get to the second round. We have to play like the Sixers or whoever. Yeah, we yeah. play a team that is probably better than us. My goal for the Cavaliers, because I'm not expecting a championship this season. I'm being realistic. My goal is to play so fucking hard that you wear out that team that you're playing and you make them lose next round. I that to me that's yeah. a win. Like if we if if we somehow go up against the Nets or even the Sixers and we lose, but we played them so tough. We took them to 5 6 games whatever and their next round they lose because they're just fucking exhausted from what the Cavs did to them. I would look at that and go that's a win. We stuck so fucking hard to that team. We cost them their season. We make I, it I to the second round. I think LeBron would probably be in attendance to watch because they're not making it out of the first round. <laughs> it's a good chance. I don't know. With Anthony, with Anthony Davis back and the trade deadline hasn't happened yet, you know GM LeBron's going to be making some fucking moves here. They, I hope nobody in, on that Lakers roster has uh, bought their house because <laughs> they're going to be moving They're soon. dropping off random gifts to LeBron's front door right yeah, now. Don't I, trade me. I hope they're renters. All right. Next up, pros and cons. We are going to go... Mitch Trubisky. This one was hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big Mitch fan. Okay. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll just read my five, and then you read your five. If any of them are the same, obviously, we'll, we'll, we can go over both. But let me just go over my five for my pros. I was able to find five of each. Took the Bears to the playoffs in year two. For Browns fans that give Baker, that, that want to put him in the Hall of Fame because he took the Browns to the playoffs in his four, third year, Mitch Trubisky took the Chicago Bears. Now, those of you that are... are casual football fans may not know this. The Chicago Bears were a really bad franchise. It's mm-hmm. hence why they had a top five pick that year. They traded up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky because rumor has it, the Browns, who had the 12th pick in that draft, if I'm not mistaken, also, uh, we took, obviously, Miles Garrett first. We had another pick in the in the top 15. We we were heavily rumored to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, I think you were a big Mitch fan that year, weren't you? You were looking for him? I was. It was more so I was kind of in the... I was in the, the the weird realm of we just needed a fucking quarterback so badly that I would have taken anybody. I I would have taken Mahomes. I would have taken Deshaun Watson that year. I would have taken any any of these quarterbacks just because I wanted a quarterback so fucking bad. Like when I knew we were going to take Miles Garrett, great player. I remember tweeting things like, "Awesome, can he throw the ball too?" Because we need a fucking quarterback. <laughs> like I was, I'm happy to have the greatest one of the greatest defensive ends uh, you know in, in the NFL, but we needed a fucking quarterback so badly that year that I was just I was infatuated with quarterbacks so yes i did want mitch would i have wanted him over miles garrett no i i i I said that to piss people off i wouldn't have really wanted that but there were legit rumors that paul de podesta and and andrew barry at the time was working with the browns he was here with sashi brown was the gm at the time but there were legitimate rumors that they all liked mitch trubisky so much that they were looking to package up that top 15 pick we had to get to number two and that rumor carried some weight because it actually caused Chicago to trade up from three to two because they were so worried that the Browns were going to take their guy. They traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. Obviously did not work out that well for him there. Is that a Mitch Trubisky issue or was that because they kept Charles, uh, Matt Nagy? I almost called him Charles Nagy. <laughs> great reference for Cleveland sports fans right there. <laughs> the great one. But is that, is that more of an indictment of Nagy or is it Trubisky? Because again, year two, they won like 13 games or 11 games, something like that. They went, to, they made the playoffs. Right. The shitty Chicago Bears, who just had the third overall pick in year two with Trubisky, who didn't, he barely played his rookie season, took him to the playoffs. Had a really good year. 
Nothing to write home about, but compared to Baker's quote-unquote great season that he had last year, or yeah, last year, Mitch Trubisky's year was pretty damn good. Right. So that's one of mine uh, for a pro. Took the Bears to the playoffs. That's something that if, if Browns fans are going to use that as the the tell-all of Baker, why he's so great because we, we went to one playoff appearance, so did Trubisky. Yeah. So even, even floor right there. Next up, 64-38 touchdown-interception ratio for his career. Almost double. Close to double. More touchdowns and interceptions by a lot. That's great. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, leads the NFL in interceptions since he came into the league. Not a good part to be to be number one in. You don't want to be leading the league in that. Right. Next up, legitimately local. He is actually from Menor, Ohio. For those of you that know where that is, it's about 45 minutes to an hour away from Cleveland here. So he is legitimately a local kid. Uh, so that'd be cool. Bring him home. Not that that means anything on the field. Like I've Brian never been... Hoyer, Hoyer things? Bring him home? No, he's further enough away to not be Brian Hoyer, <laughs> which is nice. You don't want to be too close to home. But for me personally, I don't... Uh, I don't buy into that, that like that means anything. I don't think right. that like, oh, he's from here. He's just going to be great. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is from California, goes to Green Bay, great quarterback, means fucking nothing, your, your location. Something to prove. He obviously was with the Bears. They let him go and did, did not pick up his option. He was a free agent. He did not get signed by anybody to be a starter, which rounds me into my fifth pro here. Learned from Josh Allen and the Bills. Yep. So... He signed with the Bills to be Josh Allen's backup. He knew going into it, there's no way you're starting over Josh Allen. So he signed knowing he's a backup. And what better team to learn from? Yeah. So I think he has a lot to prove to the NFL. He's only in his sixth year. So, he, I mean, he's, he was drafted the same year as Miles Garrett. Yeah, so he's only been in the league for six years. Has a lot to prove. Show, wants to show that he's still got it. Let's see if he does. Right. Maybe. So piggyback off a couple of yours because you did have some of mine. But my first one was if given the right amount of time, He's got a solid complete completion percentage. He's accurate. I mean, he's not the best, but it's he's, not bad. He's he's around what like 64, 65, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good accuracy percentage, but he's he he needs protection. Like he does get an, and he was doing that like I said with the shitty Bears. They yeah, didn't, they did not have an offensive line. They did not have good wide right, receivers. Right. They had Allen Robinson, that's about it. Um the other one for mine was he's a good arm. He's he's good. He's he doesn't have like a underperforming arm. He can get the ball where he needs to. He's got some zip on the ball too, which is also good. And I and honestly, my other one was a he's a smart quarterback. Yes, um, he's very intelligent. I mean, I think he's someone that could come in, be that leader in the in the locker room, understand our playbook pretty quickly, understand what to do out there, make audibles if you need to, call the right protections if you need to. I think that's something he can do. My other two were ones you already said, so I'm not going to repeat them. But uh, but I, I overall, I mean, those are he's not a bad quarterback. I've never no, been not a fan at all. Of exactly. Like he's got some tangents that are likable about him. He is he's underneath Kirk Cousins in my opinion in terms of just the sexiness level of getting a quarterback. Sure. Obviously, every Browns fan, if you're going to get a new quarterback to replace Baker, if you're a Baker bro, especially, it needs to be Rodgers, Mahomes, yeah. or not Mahomes. I'm sorry, Rodgers, uh, Wilson, or Deshaun Watson. It needs right. to be one of those top quarterbacks, and then you can go. Okay, I understand the the the, the switch. Right. Derek Carr is right on the cusp of those. Then you go to the level of if we replace Baker with Cousins, Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky, etc. Browns fans are going to be pissed. Baker Bros are going to be pissed. They're going to say this guy sucks. He's not better than him, etc. So that's where you're going to get into like the whole. You kind of have to break down analytically why you think he is better. And again, some of those stats of of Mitch Trubisky, as yeah. you said, makes good decisions. When you have almost double touchdowns to in, in interception ratio, right. that's a really good thing to have. When you're in an offense where we don't need to rely on the quarterback to do anything other than not turn it over, yeah. Trubisky could succeed in this offense, no question about it. Right. No, I agree. Cons. Here are my five, and then we'll go to yours. (laughs) Hasn't lived up to the number two overall pick. By the way, Garland's going to the locker room. 
that's not good. We, or I'm um, not we, the Chicago Bears traded up to take Trubisky number two. They only moved up one spot, so it didn't cost him a ton, but they did right. trade up to get him. And he was there for four years. They did not pick up his team option. And he uh, is a free agent and was backing up Josh Allen this year. So number two overall pick, already in a bit of a uh, journeyman quarterback backup career type shit. Not a good start. Next up, hasn't played 16 games in his entire career. He has been injury prone. He, too, played with a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. He played the whole season. Didn't bitch about it all over Twitter. Okay, good. Uh, He did okay. I think it was his last year there. Um, Came down a little awkwardly. Darius Garland did. That's not good. He went to the locker room. I didn't see what happened. Yeah, he landed a little gingerly there, so hopefully nothing serious. But based on the way the season's going, he's probably out for the year. (laughs) Um, Next up. Does signing as a backup mean something? What I mean by that, why did no other team offer him a starting position? What do they know? Or was he offered a starting position and thought, I don't want to go to, what's a team that went for a shit quarterback last year? I don't want to go to Carolina. Carolina. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I don't want to go to Denver and just be a stopgap for somebody else. I want to go. I'm going to learn from Sean McDermott. I'm going to learn from Josh Allen because look what they did with Josh Allen in Buffalo. What better, honestly. Such great quarterback Can you think of another, a better team to learn from how to be a better quarterback than what they did with Josh Allen? The progression he had is amazing. Like, I can't think of any other team where you would be behind a quarterback that, that I think would teach you. Like, don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Josh Allen, etc. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers would teach you. No, he wouldn't care to. You know, so you have these other great quarterbacks, but I don't think they would teach you the way that you're supposed to be taught. So I think he was in a perfect situation in Buffalo a year with that offense. We all saw how great Josh Allen has become. Not a bad thing to learn. Right. As we said when I did the Jimmy G pros, that was my big one was he learned behind Tom Brady and he's went to San Francisco and he's continued to be successful because of that. So that speaks volume volumes. Uh, next up. Is his sample size kind of finished? Is everything he's done? Is this it? Is he as good as he's going to get? Yeah. Because like, that's my argument with Baker. I always say he's going into year five. You don't just get good. Whereas Trubisky's going into year six, and his numbers are better than Baker's for sure, but they're not that much better to where you know you're going to throw the the farm at him and try to sign him any any means necessary. Right. So it might be has he kind of peaked? I guess is what I was kind of getting at. Is this just who he is as a quarterback? Mm-hmm. And last but not least. Same question I ask for a lot of these middle-tier guys. Is he an upgrade? Is Mitchell Trubisky really an upgrade from Baker Mayfield? Right. So if we get him, you have to play the games to understand if he's an upgrade. That's something I can't predict the future. So those were my cons. So we had some similar ones. My biggest one, obviously, was what you ended with, was I don't think he's an upgrade over Baker. Um, I hate saying that, but I don't think that we would be gaining anything by signing him to our team. Um the other thing too is like you mentioned, he's he's my not not mentioned, but he's he's inconsistent at points where his ups are big, but his downs are really down. Correct, and that does affect what I've seen this by stat wise. It just affected him tremendously, um, and I just I don't know if he's the guy I would want to hand the keys to the ship to and say, okay, we're putting all our faith in you to go out there and do what we didn't get last year from somebody. I just I don't have the confidence in him. You know, I, I think he'd be a great backup quarterback. I think he'd be a, a much cheaper um, Case Keenum to bring in to back up whoever we do decide to bring into Cleveland. I'd be okay with that. I just I'm not okay making him the go-to guy. See, that's a tough situation there because I could see. Uh, I'm purely speculating. I don't want to speak right. on behalf of Mitch Trubisky, but I could almost see him going. 
No fucking way am I signing to be Baker Mayfield's backup. Right. I'm better than Baker well, Mayfield. That's why I said whoever we bring in here, right, no, no, that's I'm assuming saying. Baker's not going to be here. Well, that's the interesting thing, too, though, is Mitchell Trubisky has been linked to the Browns a few times just because of the how enamored this front office, some of the front office, was with him when he was a uh, draft-eligible player. And you look at that and you go, maybe they do sign him. Maybe it's just because we're going to get rid of uh, – Keenum, we're gonna yeah. lose that six million, whatever he's making. He's one of the highest is it, paid. This is the last year for him, right? I think so. I think he's a free agent. Yeah. So you know, maybe maybe they let him go. He's older. He showed that he can do his job. But at the same, at the end of the day, you could tell Case Keenum doesn't have it anymore. He, you know, he's done. So maybe they do move on to a younger uh, backup quarterback. But that's the same thing. Is is this goes back to Baker having thin fucking skin? If you sign a guy like Mitch Trubisky to be the backup. There will be enough. I I think it's just natural in, in in football. There will be competition because of that. Fans will start a training camp competition. Oh, yeah. They'll be watching every Cheering throw and for, go be calling for Mitch to come into the game when first, Baker has a bad first game. practice. Baker throws eight of eight of fifteen, and Mitch Trubisky goes ten of fifteen. Browns fans are gonna be like, "Oh, he's a better quarterback." That's just you know how that's <laughs> that's how it starts. I almost feel like you can't have both of them here when they're so similar as players. Right. And to me, I almost think that that just speaks volumes on Baker and shows that he is a lesser quarterback. Because if you bring in a guy like Mitch Trubisky and it legitimately is, they're pretty damn similar, that's a that's a testament to Baker Mayfield that maybe he does need to just be gone. Right. But I also don't think the Browns can sell the fans on dumping Baker, only having Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback and right. saying, let's go. Right. That's a tough sell. It really is. It's going to be really, it's almost one of those like, you're going to have to hear about it for fucking months and months. And then when the games start, you better hope you're winning because if you're wrong on this, everybody's gone. Yep. But it's the same can be said with Baker. If they bring Baker back for this fifth year and we suck again, I think everyone gets canned. I really do. I think you're in year three and you've had two failed years. See you later. Yeah, I, unfortunately, that's that's the thing. Is like this is a make it or break year. You know, they need to prove for the something. entire team. Yeah, I mean, and I like you said before multiple times. I don't think the, the front office, the coach, is going to be like, "Yep, yeah, let's just hook our our wagon to Baker one more time because we now we believe he's going to do better because he's not going to be injured anymore." So then, what happens when you do that and Baker gets injured week two again? You know, or what if you do it and he's just he just puts up numbers that he did? Yeah. when he was hurt, and they don't have that excuse of he's hurt. And then you just have to go, fuck, we brought this guy back. Last year we played him hurt. Everyone said it was because he, he was hurt that he sucked. Now he's just playing healthy and sucks. Yeah. They're going to start blaming the coaches. Yep. They're going to blame the front office. They're going to say, why didn't you guys get this guy better? Why didn't you improve this position? See you later, everybody. Yeah. And that's when everyone gets fired and we're back to square one. Yep. And then everyone's gone and now we're back to being the sucky Browns again for 10 years. Unfortunately. So, I'll no, keep going through cons. Sorry. No, no. I mean, that's pretty much it. I was just wrapping up. The, I'm not a fan of Mitch. He's not an upgrade. He's just very up and down. And I just don't think that would be a good thing for this team. To I bring loved him in. Mitch coming out. I did. And I wouldn't hate him on the Browns. But as a reasonable person, as a realistic fan, I have him near the bottom of my list of people I want. Yeah. There's there's yeah. plenty I want above him. And if the options were bring in Mitch or keep Baker, I would say, well, I guess just bring in Mitch. Because I kind of want to change the scenery for sure. everybody. So I would take him begrudgingly, but right. I wouldn't be thrilled about the pick. Like, I'd be okay if, or, like, we, if, we, if we got, like, and we swung for the fences, we got Deshaun Watson, right? And then Mitch somehow becomes available and, like, oh, bring Mitch in as a backup cheaper. Yeah, that'd you know? be fucking amazing. I, I'd, I'd be great with that. You know yeah. what I mean? But I just don't I don't see him as the starter. Yeah, I think if you bring in Mitch Trubisky, you better have a quarterback that is miles ahead of him. Not to say he's a great quarterback. Right. But if he's going to be your backup, it's like the Josh Allen thing. He signed there knowing I'm not seeing the field unless this guy gets hurt. Correct. That's it. And I kind of want that situation here. But is Mitch Trubisky going to be willing to do that? Maybe Mitch Trubisky's at the point in his career where there are a shitload of quarterback openings coming up. 
Maybe he says, I want to go, I'm going to sign somewhere to be the starter. Maybe he does go to Carolina now. Maybe he does go to, I don't know, fucking Denver if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go there. Hate to say it. Maybe he goes to Pittsburgh because they need a quarterback for next season. You know what I mean? There's plenty of options. They got Mason Rudolph. They're fine. Yeah, they do. Him and his dented head. Um, (laughs) All right. So to wrap everything up, because we've gone long, picks. Time for the picks. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle <laughs> is 5-5. Five and five. He had the golden sombrero 0 for 4 last week. I went 2-2. Two and two. What a what a very bad weekend. After starting off 6-0, and oh, I went 2-2, two and two, but I'm still 8-2. and two. Kyle is 5-5. Five and five. So, uh, you know, I'm no math whiz, but Kyle needs to be perfect, and I need to be awful for him to tie things and, up and here. And the, the, the unfortunate thing is I feel we're going to have similar picks this week. So I thought of a challenge, and I thought of it only because... It would be new to you. Okay. It's something that I've done. I did it. I did it 20 minutes before you showed up, and it's going to sound disgusting. But it's something that to you might not be as open. Okay. Long story short, I am infatuated. Now, hear me out, everybody, before you get all oh, fucking God. weirded out. Hear me out. Let me explain myself. I have been infatuated with people eating raw meat and stuff on Instagram and posting it. Infatuated. I'm not doing it. But I'm watching it. Well, I take that back. I'm not doing all of it. So I started off with this guy called the Liver King. He's on Instagram. If you guys oh, ever get I a, watch him, if you ever get a chance, if none of you, for those of you out there that aren't familiar, please check out the Liver King. He is crazy. He is a legit psychopath. Uh, he eats raw liver. That's why he's called the Liver King. I've seen videos of him just biting a giant liver of you know whatever. All the foods that he eats, for the most part, he eats raw. He eats raw meat. He eats drinks raw eggs. He eats raw liver with honey every single day. Or I'm sorry, with maple syrup. That's his daily snack. He eats bone marrow right out of the bone with uh, not cooked, just raw meats all the time. That's all he eats. Uh, that I could get behind, okay? He's got this crazy thought process on how that's how the ancestors lived. Okay, if that's how he wants to live his life. He's also jacked, probably on the Barry Bonds juice. Oh, if you he's catch definitely, my he definitely is. So he claims he's all natural. He just lives like the ancestors, blah, blah, blah. But he is beyond ripped. Like his abs have abs. He is, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. What really turned me off from him the other day of how crazy he is, is somebody asked him, like, you know, if you're all natural, you do this, you do that. What are your thoughts on, like, hygiene products and stuff? And he's like, oh, the liver king doesn't worry about hygiene. I stopped brushing my teeth and doing stuff like that years ago. I've never been healthier. And that's when I'm like, okay, that's too far. If you want to eat the meat and be weird, that's fine. But now you're going to tell people to not brush their teeth. That's fucking disgusting. I can't get behind that. If the the challenge is me not brushing my teeth, sorry, I'm passing. But what's the challenge? That that was actually it. Yeah, don't brush your teeth for a day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So there's actually another account. This is the fun one. Follow this guy and thank me later. It's literally at raw meat experiment. I'm sorry. Raw meat experiment. It is just a guy who has decided to eat raw meat that he buys from Whole Foods or some other nice grocery store and drink raw milk. He's eating raw eggs, etc. And he films himself doing it every day. And the joke of it all is, is he's just going to keep doing it until he gets some sort of bacteria poisoning or something happens, but he's been doing it for so long and has yet to get sick. And he claims he feels better than ever. His, his digestion's been fantastic, etc. Like everything's been great for this guy. He's loving life. Uh, quick, quickly. I'll tell you, I'm watching a video right now that he posted three days ago. He's sitting outside watching these people play an acoustic guitar and he is eating in one hand. He has ahi tuna, and in the other hand, he has raw mako shark, whatever that is. He is literally just eating tuna and shark. Here's yeah, his video. Yeah, he's just snacking on it, eating it, 
and people come up to him and they're like, are you eating that raw? And he's like, yeah, it's actually okay. Like blah, blah, blah. The one thing that grosses me out from his account is he, he eats raw. He ate raw chicken once and that's, I can't do that. That's, that's horrible. So the challenge I was thinking for Kyle, because it's something that I just did. So I know he'll survive. At least he should. Uh, three raw eggs, suck them down like Rocky. Would you be willing to do that on camera? Uh, is this gonna be like our first show too, or uh, be, no? It would be, be after the Super Bowl. Super it would be the second one. Yeah, I could do that. I'll so do that. that's something that I was ballsy enough to try. So I went to Giant Eagle today and I bought cage-free organic, okay, like healthy eggs, brown eggs. And right before you got over, I got home from the gym and instead of making a protein shake, two raw eggs in a cup, slugged them down. Really not that bad, honestly. It okay. tasted like nothing. I did it. I mean, obviously, we're only a couple years, a couple hours out, so maybe I get sick overnight. We never. Maybe you have little baby chickens inside. Yeah, you, you never know. know. But as I told Tara earlier when I was about to do it, I texted her and I said, down the hatch before they hatch. So I cracked them up and I <laughs> ate them really quick. And I think that could be something that for the challenge, because I was going to implement that, but I was like, well, if I already do it, it's not a challenge because right. it's something I've already done. So for you, I'm guessing you've never eaten a ride. No. So no. maybe you pop three of them. Yeah. I did two. Wasn't too bad. You get a mouthful, and then you're in there, and instinctively you kind of want to chew, but then you're like, nope, just swallow them. Yeah. It really wasn't bad, honestly. Okay. I'm yeah, being I can do that challenge. I thought you were going to like maybe eat like raw, raw meat or no, something. No, no, no. So that's something I'm debating trying, doing the raw, a little bit of raw meat. But I mean, as a kid, I remember as a kid. I, I snacked on ground I, beef before. Oh, absolutely. I'd be like raw ground beef. Like, oh, yeah, again, not I watch bad. these videos of these people doing it so regularly, and I think the, the, the key to everything – is just really get good stuff. Don't go like buy cheap shit yeah. from Walmart. That's all like. So don't go to save a lot and get the tube of meat. Exactly. Don't don't eat. That. I mean, you can. I don't recommend it. But you can. <laughs> but like, yeah. So for the egg thing, I just thought of like quick protein, just fucking pound some eggs, and they I weren't like that it. bad. So I, I like think it. for you that could be a yeah, good challenge, and I'll, it's not going to ruin your day like the hot sauce did. <laughs> no, the hot sauce. I'd say, but I but now I'm aiming up to go in a challenge against uh, Chipper and Micah with a little the hot wings, the hot wing challenge. That'll be interesting. So uh, I feel I'm feeling ballsy. Okay. Feeling ballsy. I mean, if, I, again, if I can handle the devil's tongue in my mouth. I just did two of those eggs raw before you got here. Totally fine. I okay. mean, so far, so good. We'll do it on camera. Everything's on oh, camera. Oh, of course, of course. All right. Time for picks. First game of the week, I believe, is... Which game's first? I don't even know. I don't have the schedule up. Is it, uh, is it the AFC at three? It's the uh, AFC. Okay. Which is weird to me, but yeah. Yeah, I do too. I almost feel like, well, then again, I think the NFC matchup could be better. I think the NFL kind of knows a thing or two. I think they know that it's yeah. going to be... Well, of course. They run everything because they have the refs calling the game. In Kansas City, not going to be easy for te- for the Bengals going on the road. They did beat the Chiefs before, but that was in Cincinnati. And this is a whole different animal. Um, Joe Burrow kind of already talked shit about the fans. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, no, what did he say? He said he doesn't think anything can get louder than uh, playing at LSU. Oh, Jesus. Chiefs Kingdom has something to say about that, and I think they're going to say it very loudly. So I mean, it is loud down in LSU. It is, but I've, uh, I've heard that the Chiefs is next level yeah, in, in, someone, in, the, in Arrowhead. I was watching some like, comments on one of my friend's page and said he's there for the home opener um, with the Browns, and he said he left there with a headache because of how loud it was. I've heard there. it's just deafening. And a second-year player with you know a lot of young talent on his team, uh, not going to be easy when you can't communicate that well. Uh and I, I just I can't go against the Chiefs after that game that they just had against the Bills. I think they just they they proved their dominance again. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He is going to find a way to win games. And the playoff Chiefs so far, Patrick Mahomes has lost one playoff game in his entire career. Not bad. And that was to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So things are looking good. I'm sticking with Kansas City until I'm proven. I, I, I've I've picked against Cincinnati twice so far. No, I t- I took them in in the first round. I think. Um. But I picked against Cincinnati last week, and it backfired. 
However, I think Patrick Mahomes is slightly better than uh, Ryan Tannehill, and I think the overall, the Chiefs are so much better. And Cincinnati against Kansas or Tennessee's decent defense, like their defense is pretty good, struggled a little bit. I think Kansas City's defense is even better. I think their offense is even better. Uh, so I think they're going to win pretty easily. So I'm going Kansas City. Yeah, so sticking with the same theory here is fuck Bengals. Um, I'm going Kansas City here. I think it's going to be honestly, an easy win. It's going to be a fun game to watch, but yeah, I think Kansas City takes this one by two touchdowns. Next up, uh, could be a good one. I mean, you have the Niners 2-0 and against the Rams in the regular season division rivalries playing for a, a spot in the Super Bowl. I just think the Rams are another They've level. They've won six straight games against the Rams. Yeah. I think that comes to an end this week. I think the Rams went all in. They traded away so many draft picks to acquire Matt Stafford, to acquire Von Miller, to build this loaded team with, you know, years ago, Jalen Ramsey, uh, to get all these great players, I think this team is ready to win a Super Bowl. They realized they fell short year, a couple of years ago because of Jared Goff. He yeah. was just he held them back. And the most boring Super Bowl ever. It was the worst Super Bowl I've seen, honestly. Uh, but I think they go back with Matthew Stafford, and I cannot wait to hopefully break down a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl matchup. Could be epic. That one sounds on paper. That sounds like the best possible outcome for football fans. That's gonna be fun to watch. Because I would go into that game personally, assuming that happens. I would go in with zero rooting interest. Yeah. It would strictly be. I cannot wait to watch a fucking awesome Super Bowl with Eminem at halftime. Yeah, I was that's just gonna say. All I it's care be an about. Amazing. An that's amazing one that I will just be excited. Show. I can just sit back and relax. Most years I watch Super Bowls, I have a rooting interest for or against somebody. I hate Tom Brady personally. So whenever he's in the Super Bowl, which happens a fucking lot. I'm rooting against him for the most part. Doesn't seen, work out in your favor very well. No, often, I've it? seen the Steelers win Super Bowls. I root against them, of course, and it doesn't work out. I've rooted against the Ravens in multiple Super Bowls. They Did just you root fucking for won Peyton Manning when he was in. Hundred percent. I love yeah, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning. I always I rooted for him when he was on the Colts just yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, fell short plenty of times, but yeah, I love Peyton Manning. I always rooted for him. So it, it, most years I go in with no rooting interest, but I go in with an interest of hating one of the teams. Sure. So this year. If it could be the Rams and the Chiefs, I would go in with zero rooting interest, and I would be so excited to watch that game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going so That's Ram- what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm going Rams here, too. I think it's going to be – I think the Rams just – they're just playing too too good of football right now, defense and offense. And Cooper Cup is just a fucking beast. Yeah, Cooper Cup is fucking He can, he can go anywhere fantastic. in the field. He's open. And I just think that the Rams' defense, I know they, they pissed away a little bit in the second half, but that was more so to do with the turnovers on offense. They fumbled the ball like three times or something like that. Was it Cam Akers that fumbled a couple times? Or? Uh, Akers fumbled a couple times. Cooper Cup fumbled. Oh, they yeah. snapped the ball over Matt Stafford's head. So they had some very un, very untimely turnovers, and I don't think – I think they won't do that again this Sunday. And after just watching what happened, I know it's obviously going to be in L.A. It's probably going to be more Niner fans than Rams fans. It's going to be a home game for the Niners. Did you see they tried to um, – the home the uh, Rams tried to prevent that from happening? Yeah, like, it saying, ain't going to happen. You couldn't you can't buy tickets unless you live in L.A., but newsflash, half the yeah. – they there, are no, there are no Rams fans in yeah. L.A. anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But uh, I don't know if that's going to really matter. I just think overall the Rams are going to put it all together. I think they have the – battle of two great young coaches that are going to be coaching in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm giving the edge to the Rams. I just think they have the better roster. I've just got to go with the better team. I think opinion. they win like 24, 17. Yeah, it could thing. be very close. I just think, game. I, I think, think Odell that, scores again. So I think Debo Samuel kind of getting banged up on the last play against green Bay. Maybe he says he's healthy, but I mean, no one's healthy in the NFL. So I think every little Nick and, and bump that a player has can only hurt. So I'm, I'm going with the Rams. That's all I got. That's it. All right, everybody, we will talk to you again in 
two weeks on Redline Radio officially. You can see our pretty faces Making our start with the video if you want to do that. If you want to listen to it, we'll, of course, be uploading the episodes to iTunes per usual. We look forward to it. And I guess it's a good practice for doing hour and a half episodes because we're almost on two hours. So Perfect. This is a good one. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. And enjoy football this weekend. Have a good one.